Brian thought I was asking a moronic question. You were asking a moronic question. You were asking a correct question moronically, so it sounded like a moronic question. Now, who is P.S.'s favorite character? Saltai. On Babylon 5. Mike or Jeff. What happens at the end of Zahadun? He goes away! I asked... P.S. what she thought about Garibaldi at the end of Zahadum, and her response was, he's bald. <laughs> I'm like, you missed the whole thing? Why? What happened? I'm like, he got abducted. He, I didn't I was, say what happened. You said he was out in his ship. He was out in his ship, he and he got, got taken. He got abducted in his ship. Then you're like, was more than in this episode? I'm like, ugh. I did not. What's more than in this episode? Really, P.S.? He sounds stupider than I am. The level yes, is recording. just so we know. Uh, what is that noise, if I may ask? I can hear it, too. It's Aaron. <laughs> what is Aaron doing? What am I doing? Yeah. It sounds Nothing. like running water in the background or something. <laughs> Which clearly it's not, because that's only what it sounds you like. Know, I, know for do, I can do a fact. video call now, so we can see what Aaron is doing, and I'm sure he's in the woods or something by a stream. That only works if he has a video camera, too. I do, actually, but it's pointing at my tower right now. You wouldn't see anything. I think if I push a video it call. Fell, it fell off the top of my monitor. If I right. switch video, like, well, what happens? Do you guys do you guys see a video? Right now, I have my microphone. A whole lot I can do about it, unfortunately. Face, so you know what? A little she bit. Exaggerate so much. I do not exaggerate. I never exaggerate. Oh, of What's course going not. on? He never exaggerate. ever exaggerates. What's going never. on? There was a sound for a little while because I hit this button called video call, and I don't think anything has happened. <laughs> <laughs> but it, and for a while it was going blip 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 Richard is watching uh, Star Trek The Next Generation for the first time in what appears to be one sitting he is on the episode Brothers in season 4 and so he just had that's good that's a good time yeah he he just watched uh, Best of Both Worlds well his thing is you know the writing on the show is so simplistic it's obvious to me what's happening in this episode and he's wrong so I'm like <laughs> 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 That's awesome. Speaking of Star Trek, I recently watched all of the Phase 2 stuff. What do you think? Cool. Uh, beginning oh. with the episode written by DC Fontana and onward, it's fracking awesome. Before that, it's Elvis. Well, no, it, it's good. It's just... They, they were fanboys. They were trying no. to shove... No, 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 no. no. It, it wasn't even anything like that. I think it was the pacing. Like, somebody would get done saying their line, and it instantly cuts over to something else. There's no pause. You must it's... hate my editing style. No, actually, I... I've emulated it several times in that respect, but it doesn't work too well in a visual medium. No, it doesn't. So it feels I mean the, right. it's like bang bang bang. It's like yeah, look, it, it there feels is the thing. like book, 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 the pilot like, episode and the first episode most definitely. It, it just feels too on, rushed. But the later stuff, the uh, the DC Fontana one, uh, the one after that with um, George Takei yep. and uh, Blood and Fire. Another group they've been doing fan films since 2000 and they do it in front of green screens and ps should love them because everything is last what they did was they've become so well known because they've released like 70 episodes they released so much stuff that they're so well known they actually will start grabbing actors from that one and moving them into the phase two stuff and that's how they got the kid who played peter kirk he was actually the star is of this the, the one episodes. i watched some of or the one i watched none of the one you watched some of okay. well the, the slash bits in that i actually really enjoyed because it's it explains why there are no Kirks in the future because we know David is killed in Wrath of Khan and here we see that his nephew is gay so he's not going to reproduce so well it, the other thing that which is it was kind of cool to wait me, I don't remember that I don't think I watched is, that is um, Zahn the Vulcan well uh, yes yeah, so it only occupied like 90% of the episode so you may have missed it <laughs> 
<laughs> P.S. fights back. Editor, um, drop in here. P.S. saying, I don't remember a big reveal. Here on Damn Fall, if you didn't pay attention for the episode, you have no right to complain that you don't understand it. And if you need the clip, fine. Thank God. I, I love it when Deathrill says, and I have the clip. The one I just put on out, there's a point where Deathrill's like, oh, and if you need this, I have the clip. And when I was done with the episode, I'm like, Death, you want to give the second listen? Nope, it's all right, Ryan. I'm like, all right. So it goes out with that. You didn't ask me for the clip. I forgot what the clip was. But I, <laughs> the episode, I took a month and a half to edit the damn thing. At some point. Okay, is it something I can do or not? Well, how good are your skills on the Macintosh system? Um, <laughs> it's not that complicated, P.S. I, got, no, I it's, sent P.S. a message today, how goes Babylon 5? She writes back, I can't watch and type at the same time. Cause you... It's not that I can't watch and the same time, it's that I'm watching it on my phone, so every time you text me, it stops the <laughs> She's the watching video. it on her phone? And I wrote back, how high tech of you? On her off-phone. Off-phone. Yeah. Do you use your laptop for anything anymore, P.S.? I can't watch it on my laptop. Do you why, use your laptop not? for anything anymore? Yeah, I use my laptop for everything else. Why can't you watch it on your laptop? Yeah, I'm curious. Are you using Netflix? Yeah. You can absolutely do it on your laptop. Because she has a very low bandwidth cap per month. P.S. I thought you were getting the DVD sent to you by Netflix. Oh, I gave that up because I didn't want to waste my DVD slots. Gee. Yeah. Do you want to tell us all what you think of Caprica so far? Yay. <laughs> Hold on, she's watching Caprica, but she's not watching BSG? Uh, you don't remember. I explained this he's on... Doing like, it. He's doing it the on, other on, way on the, around. The Christmas episode. I'm doing an experiment. I'm showing her Caprica, and then I'm going to show her BSG. Well, it's like watching in the beginning and then watching season one it's of like B5. watching the first three, the new Star Wars, and then the classic ones. I don't think that would work. Actually, That's what we've, I did. Done, we've done that Danielle, with Daniel, that is what too. I did. That is how I watched Star Wars for the first time in my life. Like if I, watched I watched Star Wars. If I watched the new ones first, I wouldn't have kept going. I wouldn't have watched I loved it. I loved it's it. Like, I watched in chronological order and I loved it and that's what every time I've shown somebody Star Wars for the first time that's what I've made them do. How many people do you know who've never seen Star Wars? <laughs> My parents. <laughs> what? Hold on, your parents never saw Star Wars? No, I grew up in a Star Trek house. What was the deal with, with Leo of the band Melinda Leo? He left... Which movie did he leave? Did he No, he left like Return of the Jedi and then the lobby of the movie theater after the movie got out back in 1976. No, it was Empire Strikes Back. I think. At the end of Empire Strikes Back, he's in the lobby at the end of the at the end of the movies. He's walking out. And he's like, "Hold on, you mean Darth Vader's Luke's father?" Gosh. And he completely missed it. And then when he's telling the story, he's like, "What? I used to smoke a lot of pot back then. Why?" <laughs> I don't remember a big reveal. <laughs> I don't even remember saying that. I don't even that's remember. One of the, that's one of the that biggest. P.S. Uh, you've said it like twenty times. Right. We ask you, do you remember this? Do you remember this? No, I don't remember a big reveal. <laughs> well, I remember the big reveal here, and then Ryan tells me it wasn't a big reveal. That the Vorlons are not so good. That's not well, a reveal. That's not a reveal. That's a matter of interpretation. Yeah, it's an interpretation. Yeah. Inter- Why don't we start the podcast? And, and- oh, yes, please. <laughs> Very good. I was there at the dawn of the second season of the Puffer Exchange. It was a port of call for fans from a hundred fandoms. It could be a dangerous place, but we accepted the risk because the Puffer Exchange was our last best hope for conversation. This is our story. Welcome back to the Poofoo Exchange. I'm Deathrill. I'm P.S. I'm Catherine. I'm Ryan. I'm Daniel. I'm Aaron. Damn it. No! <laughs> she almost made it. All right. So close. 
I may sound a little Why off I tonight. Just go last? You want to go last? last yeah. Well, you did go last, didn't you? Did Try again. Yeah, I think I cut Aaron off. So Everyone we, cuts Aaron we, we off. We cut each other off. This is like the two of them hit each other in the supermarket parking lot. <laughs> Aaron gets out of his car and Danielle gets, I'm sorry, it's my fault. No, really, it's my fault. No, really, I have insurance. No, really, let me pay. And welcome back to the Pofo Exchange. This is Ryan. And P.S. I'm Death Roll. Why are we all going again? We were fine. <laughs> and I'm Aaron. And I'm Danielle. All right. Oh, we would like- when you say and I'm Aaron, that makes it sound like you're last. Damn it. We will definitely edit it very well. I'm Aaron. We would like to begin tonight's episode by congratulating John Boehner on being elected Speaker of the House, and we hope he doesn't cry too much. We all know his name is Boner. <laughs> his name is actually Boner. His name is Boner. <laughs> his name is Bo- this is a woman. I, think I, that was I used to know a woman whose last name is spelled G A Y, and she said it's pronounced Gua. I'm like, come on. Just it's live. Bouquet. <laughs> Just it's a, the Bucket Woman. It's the Bucket Woman. Just embrace your last name. So, yes, John Boner is the Speaker of the House of Representatives, and he uh, looks very well tanned. So we we uh, we, and we hope he doesn't try. Cracked me up. You know what kills me? All- uh, we, we've been having an issue uh, getting episodes released to the Puffo Exchange. It's called Ryan sits on them for three weeks and then goes and watches old episodes of All in the Family. So, like, I'll listen to the episode recorded to the 4th of July and we'll joke, you know, this episode's not going to come out till Halloween. And then Aaron's like, ha, 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 this won't be out till Christmas. And I'm on, like, New Year's Eve still editing the thing. One of the things I'm realizing right now is as we're saying this, Nancy Pelosi will have just been re-elected Speaker of the House. God save us all. So we are here. I have Mrs. Huggles here with me. She has had 14 cups of coffee. Most guys try and get their women drunk. I try and caffeinate mine. So she can be here to talk about Babylon 5. She's looking at me kind of funny right now. I'm, I'm not... drinking chamomile tea, not coffee. Chamomile tea. So is that, are you going to drop off? or what, no, what, okay. you, You're okay. good. She's good for now. She's good. P.S. is here. Uh, happy fracking Valentine's Day. We finished... This won't be Valentine's Day. This will be like Halloween. <laughs> Halloween 2020. Because I know Happy Frag and Valentine's Day is what I inserted when it was Halloween. I think the episode was recorded on Halloween, and we said Merry Christmas, and it came out at Valentine's Day. <laughs> that was that was a problem we had. We do well. The, the system of editing is every time I edit, you tell me I type too loud. It sounds like that. It sounds like that. Why is Catherine in? Du- du- Catherine will duct tape in the corner. Thank you, Death for the, the marvelous fan fiction writer for your wonderful sentence. That's what beta readers are for. So why is Catherine duct? Why well, did I just beta read your sentence for you? Audio issue. Well, why isn't she sit on your lap and you guys can like spoon and my wife will sit on my lap and we can because spoon. she can't hear on through her headset. But if she I sticks her lonely. head next to yours, she can hear the vibrations through your skull. <laughs> And then we can take an ice cream scoop and we can scoop out one of Aaron's eyes and then he and P.S. can spoon because then he'll be P.S.'s perfect man. Wait, why Why does he not? Why does he need to lose an eye for this to happen? Because oh, then you'll be find more him more attractive. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay, Aaron, come here. See this? Aaron is perfectly willing to sacrifice his eye so that P.S. can find him more attractive. <laughs> don't, don't you want some ice cream? <laughs> some ice cream. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, Aaron. I'm sure you have lovely eyes. I'm sure they're both very lovely. (laughs) Yes, I have very lovely eyes. Thank you. No, I think they're trying to do right now. I think they're trying to take the headset and wrap it so, like, the left ear is around Death Row's left ear and the right ear is around Catherine's right. No, she's feeling a little tired. So in two weeks, we'll come back and decide if that is the snort night or the. 
scowling night. So we're. I can snort if you want. Can you snort? Go for it. Okay, good. We, we have a <laughs> I can growl. Very you convincing. Very convincing. Oh, yes, can growl. I, th- I think it might come to blows by the end of uh, tonight's podcast here. I think I might be growling at some point. All right, let's turn this over to P.S. And, and Aaron, our two newbies who have gotten into Zahadoom. And I'm very excited about it. Well, you go Do first, it. and then we'll see what P.S. things happen tonight. I was excited because. <laughs> Mike, you're not P- what P.S. things happen. Yes, it is. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> it is. Sometimes it, not nearly as bad, though. I mean, I, let me ask you this: Do you think the Draco fondled Harry in the story? No, Draco. To, <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> Ryan. To be fair, Draco wanted to fondle Harry all through that story. It wasn't so far off. But definitely, Drake, Draco. Draco Wait, did not fondle Harry. Did he want to fondle Harry in that one? He did want yes. to fondle Harry, but Mike, Mike thought he actually did. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. Can we hear what Aaron? Uh, Danielle would like to go live to Aaron. Aaron, take it away. What am I talking about now? <laughs> the fondling of Harry. Jeff, I want five. Oh, when Draco fondled Harry. Um, no, it was uh, it was nice. Very. Uh, oh, uh, sorry. End of season three. Um, I was happy. I you were like... happy that he jumped into a burning pit of fire. That's that's. I wasn't. I wasn't happy about that. Hold on. Was there a burning pit of fire? Yes. Kind of. Yeah. Hey. P.S. thinks there was. Well, he there jumps was. into a big cavern, and, and then there then, was like, a... like, a nuke comes in on top All right, the nuke, the nuke. All right, he... I he think splitting hairs to discuss whether the burning pit of fire he jumped into or whether fire was rained down upon him after he jumped into a pit of nothing. I like the it's thing a, she said second. I wasn't happy about the ending as far as the characters go, because it was pretty bleak. I mean, the White Mike. Star is gone, uh, Mike is gone, Garibaldi is gone, and, of course, Sheridan is gone. You know, it's, it's as far as taking the group down and, and whittling them down to basically just what's her face, uh, Ivanova, and <laughs> what's her face? You think I'm bad? <laughs> yeah, I, I have not watched this show in a month now because I've been waiting for us to record this podcast. So I'm very excited. I mean, tomorrow I get to start watching season four. It makes me very happy. Well, the thing was uh, in the UK they had like a six month break, I think, between this episode and the next episode. But in the US they held Shadow Dancing and Zaha Doom until basically the beginning of season four. So we got them back to back we just had to wait for shadow dancing for the longest time well i have something similar to that we watched from walkabout to and the rock cried out no hiding place and that was last year and then like a couple of days ago we watched shadow dancing and zaha doom so oh, was it was last year wow last year it's january 5th as we record this it, it was like a month ago or so so I watched them all today. Can I ask you a question? Is it possible for me to say in the rock cry out no hiding place and for you not to sing the song? No, I love the song. That was that was may have been the highlight of the series. That well, you know it is, and like if it's up on YouTube, and I pulled it up on YouTube one day, and Danielle's trying to figure out why I'm listening to gospel music. Everyone's like, you know, that's a very, very, very morbid song. It's amazing because it starts, and this mob is like descending upon Rifa, and there's this like piano music that sounds like it came from a saloon in 1875. Well, he's reading it, and he's just kind of saying the words and looking around. He's like, "This is weird." And then Sheridan's all into it, and Delenn's like, "What page are we on?" I mean. I really wanted to name it. When when they first got to the station in that episode, you had, what do you have? You had a Baptist, a Jew, a Muslim, and uh It sounds like a bad joke. A priest, a minister, and a rabbi all go to Babylon 5. In an episode written by an atheist. It was, I thought, fabulous. I mean, they, they, they touch religion so well in the show. I, I, found, I found it on YouTube. It says, it has a note on it. It says, may contain spoilers. <laughs> 
Well, I guess, I think this is one of those cases where when the script came out, JMS had forgot to pull the dude who plays Rifa aside first, so of course you read it and you die. So you're... <gasps> well, it happens every now... Well, that happened on... Um, that happened. On BSG, there were particular characters. Yes, but, um, I was about to tell mention. the same story that we won't tell the story, but it happened. Yeah, unfortunately, you always... I, I think that happened to a character on uh, Angel as well. It happens. It's it's TV. Yeah. You don't always you don't always know what you're shooting week to week, and if you're an actor. Well, the thing is, uh, didn't JMS have the B five Bible sitting right on his desk in the open for anybody to see? He did. People would go through his office trying to find the Bible, and they would like get into his computer, and they would go through his file cabinet because he said that he kept a list of what happens to everyone. It was literally right on top of his desk. Hide something in plain sight, and no one will look at it. So, right, speaking of the Optimus Bible, Optimus Lucy and Secundus Aspectus. I have received my Jeff book. Yay! Now that what's the name of it? Uh, dream of Sorrows. To dream um, in the city of sorrows. Let me get it, and I can tell you. Yeah. To dream yes. in the city of sorrows. To dream in the city okay, of then sorrows. I'll sit right back down again. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> well done, P.S. And it will tell the story of Sinclair and Catherine Sakai and Marcus, I believe, too. Marcus yep. was involved in all that. I actually haven't opened it yet. I don't know what I'm waiting for, but I haven't opened it yet, so I'm looking forward to it eventually. I put it in the pile in the order that I buy books. So it's going to get read when its number comes up. Oh, my God. You ever picture P.S.'s bedroom is kind of like a deli with, like, you know, here's where the books are. Now serving number 55. And you have to go through and find the next book up. And so I, I just. I, well, you don't really have to go through because they're in a pile. Now serving 855. So, <laughs> all right. Did we get P.S.'s thoughts on the end of the season? Like Zaha Doom jumping into a pit. I thought that was well, really interesting. It got me. I feel like I've been really, like, cold on this show. Like, it hasn't gotten any emotion out of me. But when he was getting descended upon by the shadows, and then the voice of Kosh says, jump, like, my heart started to beat a little faster. You know, you're, just, you're just happy feeling. that a character you didn't like is dead. No, I didn't dislike him. Oh, that's oh, crap. we have it on tape. I, do, I, do I really dislike him? <laughs> I have you on tape saying I dislike him. I just do can't get it. Do I dislike him, or do I just not like him? I mean, there's a difference between actively disliking him and not being able to get into him. Well, that was the thing. We had Commander Sinclair in Babylon 5 from the first season, so... I miss Sinclair. I know you do. Which is, and we got to see him again this season. <laughs> I know, and now he's a thousand years ago, and he's Valen. Yes. Thousands of years ago. Thousands of well, years ago. Speaking of that, I, I'm going to pull a quote out of Walkabout because it goes with it. Mike says, Why is everything around here a long story? <laughs> <laughs> Well, can't there be any short stories? Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. Why can't... Again, one of the um, actor commentaries to one of the episodes, he's, Jerry Doyle's like, you ever notice Delenn never just walks in the room and says, this sucks, she has to walk in a thousand years ago. Even when nice. she says like a, a word like cranky, she has like five synonyms because she read the thesaurus. She's like, no wonder you are cranky. I, lo- cranky. I love that. Right Irritable. <laughs> Crotchety. Crotchety. Grouchy. He actually looks rather He does look very crotchety. Well, he hasn't slept very long. So now we jump back into it. So let's start from Walkabout. So Dr. Franklin has resigned from Interludes and Examinations, which was four episodes ago, three episodes. He is on Walkabout, and he made it like ten feet down the hallway, and everyone's coming after him. You know what it's like? It's kind of like going camping in your backyard. Mm-hmm. So it took him three episodes to walk. Yeah. Well, so quite honestly, he should have done what Sheridan did. If he needed to take a walk, he should go outside on the 
forward cargo stabilizers. <laughs> well, my thing is that's a long walk. You see how long those stabilizers are? That's, that's like a, a very block. long walk, that's but like I mean, I hope, I hope the cord stretches that far. Well, he's got a cord and gravity boots. Well, she's like, what if he drifts oh. off? I'm like, I'm sure someone will go and pick him up. I mean, it's his space station. <laughs> yeah. The commander just theories. drifted away. Should They've we go get him? Communications. They know where he is. Susan reaches into the drawer, pulls out like a captain's badge, and slaps it on her chest. She's yeah. like, the new <laughs> she's like, finally. <laughs> the best thing that happened all day. Bring me all the oranges in the land. <laughs> Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Great day in the morning, people. Victory is mine. I drink from the keg of glory. Bring me the finest muffins and bagels in all the land. It's gonna be an unbearable day. Was nice. I the only one that when Anna Sheridan returned, I was like watching Anna, and I'm like, all right, it's Melissa Gilbert. I've seen this thing a thousand times. Ooh, look, oranges on the counter. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. I missed as it too. As soon as Delenn picked up the snow globe, I was like, oh, hello, it's coming up. <laughs> I would like to point out that Anna is listed in the opening yes, credits we, of that we episode. We gave Death Roll a hard time last time because he mentioned that Anna would return, and it was mentioned in the opening credits. The, there's only one show I've seen where a character that you see in the episode that's a complete shock was actually in the closing credits. Usually it does get spoiled by the opening. That was, that was, um, and if you read the pamphlet that comes with the DVDs, it'll tell you in the synopsis of the episode. Yeah, so you're pretty much screwed. Well, that was like- I know which, I know what episode you're talking about, but it's not the only one I've ever seen. There, that, that's a that's a technique that I've seen numerous times. It's the only time I can remember where it's presented like that, like you know, where that character gets a full like page. You know, like the screen it ends, and as I recall, they credit the character, and then they go into the normal credits. That was a pretty big deal, though, in that episode. It was a big fracking deal indeed. If you go back to the episode where Sheridan has Morden in the cell and he's shaking him down, once we knew that Morden was on the Icarus, you could probably guess that she was going to come back. I never guessed that she was going to come back because she was played by a no-name, and and I didn't think they were honestly going to go there. It's obviously when they picked up Bruce Boxleitner's real-life wife. Not necessarily the the actress, but the character was going to come back. There's also, keep in mind that if you're watching it and it says if she's in the credits, for all we know, it could be an episode devoted to flashbacks or something. It's also true. No, that was Zaha Jim that she's in the opening credits. Because obviously the deal was it was a no-name actress played her in season two because it's Melissa Gilbert's very famous and because she's married to Bruce Boxleitner, they were able to bring her back here. What I was saying back in War Without End, you actually do hear Melissa Gilbert say hello. You must be Delenn or hello or whatever the line is. It's just hello because as hello? soon yeah, I, cause I knew what was coming when she picked up the, slow glo- the snow globe, but I didn't know... What was, was anything beyond hello? Yeah. That's the issue no, for it, me, which- it, it would have had to have been more because I don't think I would have picked it up from just a hello. No, it was definitely just hello. Really? I, th- I think you're right. I think it was just hello, and I think you can kind of, if you know it's Melissa Gilbert, you can kind of tell. You've seen it before, Death Row, so you know what you knew who it was. Fair enough, but I had actually seen it last a quite a long time ago, like at least a couple of years. Well, it's kind of a big deal, so. Well, the thing I'd say too is I I wasn't a really big fan of the scene when you have Anna walking onto the station and she's walking down the hallway. Everyone's literally looking at her like her hair is on fire. I'm sure not <laughs> a lot of people. Will, they, I'm waiting for someone to be like, "Oh my God, it's Melissa Gilbert, it's the girl from Little House on the Prairie." But, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, how many people know who that is? Brian if, does. If the, she comes. No, I meant who, how many people 
know who Anna Sheridan is. Captain's quarters. Okay, but you're the security guard. Someone walks through, gives you their identity card. You put it in the thing, and it says deceased, deceased. You look up, and it's this dead woman. I mean, I really want to say, I really security. You don't let her through. Yeah, how about Anna Sheridan shows up on the identity card, and it's like Sheridan, Sheridan. Any relation to our captain? Well, it would. How many dead chicks are there? Letters. You know what I mean? Like they should. Zach called Ivanova. Yeah, but why did they let her on the yeah. station? They should have called Sheridan down to security where she was. I can't even get on a plane to go to Tampa right now without them fondling me at the airport. <laughs> they let Anna on to Babylon's line. Then they couldn't have had Delenn drop the snow globe and have that dramatic scene where she walked. It's true. Well, she, she could have taken the snow globe with her down. I was picturing that. They come down to security. They're in their pajamas. Delenn looks over awesome. Delenn's carrying a snow globe and then she drops it. Like Zathras in the missing conference room. It could be like they completely changed that flash forwards because JMS Delenn is wearing a red dress exactly yeah, the, <laughs> one other moment I did want to point out this is on the lurker's guide too when Del- when Sheridan is pissed off because you know he, he just spent his first night with Delenn he slept through the whole thing wait 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 we're supposed to be talking about walkabout oh, we'll get to that I, I pulled walkabout up on the lurker's guide I'm looking at purple kosh right now alright let's go back to purple kosh let's go back to purple TS had a criticism of purple kosh and it's like how are you going to convince him he's the same guy it's like it's just an encounter suit it's the new fall fashion it's the new fall fashion i honestly think they busted the wheel in the old one or something and they're like yes we get to rip- we have to kill off brown kosh and bring, bring on purple kosh well actually i have a new theory about that and you know i mean it's obviously i'm joking when i talk about you know he just changed his clothes but i think they legitimately do consider themselves all kosh so you think they all consider themselves like one i won't say a bsg spoiler so i won't how about we are bored is it like that? In a way. The cool thing about that theory is you don't really have to think too deeply about it. You can just say we are all kosh, and that kind of conveys the entire point. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I'm thinking it along the just the degree where it's like, I mean, I don't know whether it's as literal as he died and his consciousness went into the Vorlon, you know, consciousness. No, no, that didn't happen because there's a a big deal when they're talking to uh, um, not Talia, but Lita, and they're very concerned about where his consciousness is and if there's a piece of it left and she didn't have any of it inside her so they think he is genuinely lost. Right, no Vorlon. Okay, well, anyway, then, then I think what it's like is it's like when you have... See, this is not a BSG spoiler. This is like very from early on. It's it's like you have like all the Liabins are basically the same person. They all consider themselves Liaban and they are basically the same personality. And I kind of think it's like when he says that he's Kosh, it's like he considers himself Kosh because we are all Kosh. So I mean, the Vorlons are all Kosh, and there's like Kosh one, Kosh two, Kosh three, Kosh four, but they're all the same. They're all Kosh, and Kosh twenty seven has died. Head Kosh. <laughs> That's a possibility. Like, how could you imagine BSG as a head Kosh? He just walks around <laughs> pissing you off all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, what's his face from uh, the later seasons, but I'm not, I don't want to spoil anybody, damn it. Mm. That, that should be our line for the episode, but we don't intend to spoil. <laughs> what's his face from later seasons who pisses you off? It must be Romo Lampkin. Well, my favorite. I love Romo Lampkin. Everyone loves Romo Lampkin. I hate Romo Lampkin. Then I must love Romo You fool! <laughs> Danielle, get closer to the microphone. Hold on, I'm actually shoving the microphone directly into her face. How are we doing now? You could pull it a, f- a little further away from your face, actually. I really, I don't want to imagine how they're configured. You don't want to know, P.S. Is that better? Yes. Okay. We're yeah. doing it for the team. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I've never seen you blush like that before. <laughs> Shut up. All right. So the- <laughs> Doing it for the team, huh? 
Purple Kosh. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Why is she yelling purple Kosh, purple Kosh? Is that like a... Purple? She doesn't want to think about you and Daniel. <laughs> purple Trying green, purple green, up. what? My eyes, my eyes. One thing I thought Ooh. was really cool in Walkabout... Kosh could be a purple leader. <laughs> oh my gosh, I want that. I oh my god, you think that symbolism, the purple and the green. <laughs> One thing I will say is when you're on the white star and Sheridan got outvoted at the council meeting, so they had to I liked that. I said the same thing. Sheridan gets outvoted. <laughs> started the damn insurrection how they just lose a procedural vote <laughs> they filibuster them uh he's yeah. on the white star and lita can't face the shadows and their ship is closing in and they're about to lose their shot until lita calls upon the dark side well lita t- is touched on the shoulder by sheridan and that is when she has that vision of kosh dying because sheridan was in touch with kosh mm-hmm. during those events it was like the residual memory the residual and yeah we are all kosh the residual Kosh. The residual Kosh rubs off on Lita. And does she have a line like "burn you bastards"? Yeah, she says something you bastards. Like... It's like kind of over the top. They yeah. cut that in the UK. They cut bastards. Hey, you can't say UK. bastards on TV, can you? That, like I was just watching an episode of Torchwood the other day, and they said "fuck" three times, but they cut <laughs> "bastard" from Babylon Five. I think there's a "fuck" in uh, the British Office too that I they, recall. They famously relaxed what you can do on TV. Yeah, and also fuck isn't as big a deal in Britain. That blood. is true. Blood is a big deal. What was the question you were asking me? There's a word. There's like some word that we say all the time, and it's not even a big deal, but they consider it like a very dirty word, and they won't say it on TV. But I, I like can't think of it. I don't know. Are you talking about Fanny? Fanny, yes, oh. yes. Fanny here is a cute name, a cute name for butt, but over there it's a very, very, very rude term for a woman's genitals. Right. So they won't say it. And I'm like Fanny, really. Like, you can't even say fanny pack? Like, it's just stupid. We apologize to our UK listeners who just had to hear a bleep right there. <laughs> well, there's, there, it goes the other way, too. There, like, with, with fuck, there's other words that are less offensive over there, or at least have slightly different meanings. I'm like not gonna, boobs. I was going to say the C word, yeah, but that's... Say they're very loose with the C word, and over here, that's like, oh my god. I've only, I only, re- I I only remember that. one never... American movie that I've ever heard the C word, and that was Spike Lee's Inside Man, which is a great movie, but kind of jarring, I thought. And then, yeah. like, British movies, uh, like, it's, in, it's there all the time, so... Purple Kosh. Are we done with Purple Kosh? I think Purple Kosh should be a new transitional phrase. Like, every time you need to change the subject, you just say Purple Kosh. No, I actually found a great one in episode 30. There's a moment where Matt comes on to say hi, and he plugs his microphone in, and he electrocutes everyone in the line, and you hear me go, I use that now as my uh, break when I need to switch scenes. So let's see. I say Kosh is an upgraded refrigerator. I just love the look between Sheridan and Delenn. They get dressed in their Sunday best, their you know their best resistance outfits, and they go out to meet them, and they're like, "What shall we call you, Kosh?" No, Kosh died. We we are Kosh. But what's your? I, name? I understand that. Who are you? And they just look at each other. They're like, "I don't think we're going to understand this one either at all." Yep, he must be a Vorlon. <laughs> must be a Vorlon. Those He's wacky like, Vorlons. Who's on first? But with the Vorlons. <laughs> it's like, like yes, I on, we're, Kosh on first. We're your <laughs> Kosh is on is first. Kosh. Kosh is on second. I understand that. <laughs> where where are you? Kosh we're going to pretend first. your name is Kosh. <laughs> so what really is your name? Kosh. Kosh. No, that's, that's just pretend <laughs> in public. We'll call you Kosh. That'd be but great, Kosh with a C. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. It probably is. Or a Q. Kosh, Kosh with and Kosh with an with an A, like a like a Q A S H. You know what missing Kosh. scene I want to see? I want to see the missing moment where Kosh and Zathras are trapped in an elevator together. Zathras. That would be. Zathras. We are all Kosh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I would love that moment. My goodness. Oh, good times. Right, so you have Franklin meets a lounge singer who has a very interesting glass that she holds up to him. Mm-hmm. Did anybody else find that annoying? Yeah, I was surprised by the length at which I was looking at refracted Franklin. Well, they had 20 minutes of dead air, so they just put the refracting glass yeah. in there. And hey, it's a Franklin episode. He doesn't get much airtime anywhere else. He needs as much as he I can do. I like Franklin after this bunch. I like him a lot. Well, the thing yes. is, we said this before, because he's always just the doctor. And who is he besides the guy who spouts Technobabble? And there's even that moment where he's like, I'm a doctor. Yeah, like, what else am I? Yeah, what else are you? What do you mean? Exactly. And, and that's the thing. Who is he besides the hey, doctor? He's defining himself Who by... Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> in JMS, I think he even wrote in the Lurker's Guide, we obviously see Franklin be attacked in these episodes. Uh, JMS was mugged in California, I believe. The entire mugging took like 10 minutes. It was like... Is that why he ate San Diego? He was so pissed he got mugged, he nuked the place. He had no idea that when he was writing Franklin's arc here, he was talking about himself having been mugged. The attack in Franklin, what he goes through at the end there, that was JMS unintentionally looking in. I did enjoy Stephen Dark through this bit here. I really liked his bits in, what was it, Shadow Dancing? Yeah. I always um, found him a very bland character. And yeah. I felt this this went a long way towards uh, making him more interesting in my eyes. Yeah, this mm-hmm. would have been helped for his character a lot if they had done more stuff with his father. And I like that the significance of his backstory, like who he is, the doctor that he is on B5, is as a result of his conflict with his father and he leaves home and he leaves the military and, and he goes off and, and does his hitchhiking across the galaxy and, and so forth. I, I really like that and I wish they developed that better and integrated it more into the series. I never thought about I, this. I know he had to meet himself and the joke was I don't think there's another me on the station and he ends up seeing another him. Does anyone else wonder what would it have been like if it was the image of his father? That he that's was a, that's a great idea. You know, rather than just himself because it almost seems I like... I actually prefer that it's himself because I think when you're talking, when it, he's talking to himself, I think that's better examining himself. Yeah, because we are our own worst critics. Nobody can hate you more than you hate yourself. Well, and I thought that there was, like, interesting, because there was a couple ways you could interpret that scene. Like, was he actually very near death, and was he having a near-death experience where he was seeing his own life flash before him? I or think was so. he, like, losing so much blood that he was hallucinating, and he's like, oh my god, there's another me right there. Or, like, was it all just in his head? Like, I just thought it was really interesting that there was so many ways you could look at that or was it Purple Kosh? Or was it Purple Kosh? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It could have been Purple Kosh. I just love the acting ability of Richard Biggs in that scene because he's just looking down at himself and his face is all twisted with disgust. And it's just really, really good acting yeah. on his part. Well, look at everyone else. We go off and we move Babylon for a thousand years. We save ourselves from an AU timeline. We discover the origins of Valen and we fight the, the early battles of the Shadow War. And isn't Rusty. any of this? Franklin's walking around the station playing. Get back here. I'm sorry. The, the dog has something in his mouth he shouldn't. Let's all try and guess what that is. Let's yeah, that makes, it sound like, that makes it sound like it's something he shouldn't say. <laughs> We're going to pause the podcast for a round of let's bet what's in the dog's mouth. <laughs> I am going to guess that it is <laughs> I heard Catherine from there. You can hear Catherine. In the- so for whatever it is, Death Roll is upset that it has been taken, but Catherine is pleased. <laughs> Well, she got it away from him, and now he's a good dog. I yes. Have, I have some thoughts on what it is when we go X-rated. Uh, uh, you know. Okay, what is... <laughs> <laughs> well, what would Death Row miss greatly if Catherine's like, yes! It was a Band-Aid. Oh. Ew. Ew. Exactly. He's not supposed to have that. Where did he find it? 
in the trash. Ew! All dogs go in the trash. What are you, nuts? We're not nuts enough to have a dog. We are not dog people. I'm a cat person. That's all right. Cats go in there, too, and then they try and blame the dog. That's because cats are brilliant. Cats are smart. Dogs are smart. People are smarter. All right, back to walkabout. Dolphins are smarter than people. So, Purple Kosh. Purple Kosh. We can't get off Purple Kosh because it's so fun to say Purple Kosh. All right, so Franklin goes on somewhat forgettable journey and finds a girl and who has drug problems and he's like you have drug problems i have drug problems like no way small world let's sleep together who also sings a long song like there was a lot of singing in this episode in these episodes well no it is too like franklin goes through these rounds the black actor and the black co-star hey let's have them sleep together in this episode It, it just it just seems so forced and politically correct as i was watching the episode i liked it but like now that i'm thinking about that like you mentioned i feel like they had to fill all this time because like i said the fact that they sang like the entire song i was like when is this song going to be over this song is very long i just remember watching that episode i would literally say to Ryan, oh my god, she's got the glass again. Like she's yeah. she's looking through the glass. You know what happens? It's so, just so long. Someone bought her a home entertainment center, and then that glass, and she's never turned the TV <laughs> on, but she uses the glass all the time. It's like they're drunk or high or something. You're like, oh, the glass. Like, look, you're, there's like twenty of you. Look. It's one of those things that you know stoners say they they love to. Look Dude, man, that's groovy. Check yeah. it out. Quick question on the subject of taking up time with the singing and so forth. Was the actress actually a singer or trying to? be in the music biz or something and this was some form of exposure and part of it was that she got to do a whole song I don't think so I honestly think they get in the I honestly think they needed to fill the time yeah they get in the editing bay when the episode's over and they're like holy crap we're 17 minutes short just have her keep singing because <laughs> if you look at all the episodes in the latter half of the season Grey 17 is missing uh, it, it has one of the most ridiculous uh, plot lines it was just we have of, a Muppet in that there was a Muppet there was an unfortunate Muppet in that one JMS of that episode says he wants to go door to door and apologize to everyone everyone for the Zarg. Yeah, that was a little bit comical. Like, we forgot we built a deck. Yeah. If I knew where the Muppets were, I wouldn't forget where they were. That creepy blue puppet thing. Yeah. Well, picture Garibaldi, too. That still like, freaks me out. Yeah. Garibaldi's bored. He's like, someone ate the janitor. I'm going to go find him. So he's literally riding the elevator, biting his fingernails. One, two, three. Nope, deck five, still here. Four, five. And he finds... That's another thing that was filling time. Like, Garibaldi says all the numbers as he goes down in the elevator. He does He does uh, at least, like, six right. or seven of them out of the 19. Yeah, but I don't want to hear people say negative things about this because that's the scientific process. And they do skip. They skip from like deck 3 to deck 15. It's one thing to have a scientific process. another thing to show in exquisite detail. They didn't go deck by deck by deck or at least not on film. They, they like showed do it a couple of times and he's like, yep, yep. And they did it to establish the timing so that he knew oh, this one's weird. Hmm. Well, my thing is, no one with, like, a tape measurer on the outside of the station can figure out there's actually 30 sections to it. Is this, like, where the hotel has no 13th floor? Yeah, because 13's bad luck. Look, I'll never forget when they released the episode titles for the end of the season, we're all like, Grey 17 is missing? <laughs> like, what the hell is that one gonna do? Like, the Rock fish? cried out, No Hiding Place makes up for it, though. That totally That's the most awesome it. title I think I've ever heard. I'd like to jump back to Walkabout. I have a <laughs> couple of comments before we carry through Grey 17. Something significant in this episode is actually Jakar taking 
control of Swedish meatballs. I was going to get there. Um, <laughs> you know, Mike calls Jakar out on saying, you know, you, you haven't done anything to, to really help us out. And Jakar just steps up and, and brings the cavalry. And they say, oh, we, we can't risk our ship. We can't. And Jakar says, yes, we can. And we will. And we should. Because he sees the fate of Homeworld being tied up with that right. of B5. If we have one ship and, the, and everyone else has 5,000 and we sacrifice our one ship and we lose our one ship helping someone, they might then come to our aid with 50 ships because we stood up for them. It's like the Enterprise C on Star Trek. It's, it doesn't matter how many guns you have, it's what you do with them. So I thought that was fabulous. Plus, it's the ship from last season, from the Fall of Night, that Babylon right. 5 saved. And it was one, the one that came to B5 and they offered him sanctuary. And he throws that in Jakar's face. You came to Babylon 5, You know the captain left the station defenseless to help you, and now he needs your help, and what are you going to do about it? And you see Delenn pulls the Mimbari. Everyone else stands back, like... The last episode, they weren't going to engage the shadows because they weren't sure if they had a chance. They could win. win. And I just think it's really a breakthrough moment for Jakar when he realizes he might not be a member of the Kari anymore. He's just citizen Jakar, but he still has unofficial authority, uh, the, the authority of personality and leadership. And he just... He he tells this captain, you are going to go. In fact, no, no, no. I am going to command the well, ship. Well, you don't even we... see that scene, but you imagine what it's like. Hey, they could have filled some time with that. What exactly. the hell? Because I know many of us have bought iPads, and many of us are going to consider buying them when the new iPad comes out, or when this episode is released, when the fourth version comes out. It has a lovely autocorrect feature when you try and Google something. Yeah. You know, yeah, I just, I just tried That's to like, right. look up B5 Lurker's Guide. So I type B5 Lurker's Guide into a little Google box. I hit enter and it pops up B5 Outlet Guide because it thinks I can't spell. And I'm like, oh my <laughs> this God. Is, what is this? this is where Josh came Lurkers, from. Every there's time nothing I type more Josh annoying than technology that thinks it is smart. Yes. yes. It's not even that it thinks it's smart. It's think it's smarter than you. The one time you make a typo and it thinks that that typo was now the correct. Like one time I accidentally typed Saul as sale. So now every time I try to type Saul, it suggests sale. Have you managed to access the list to fix that stuff so you can talk about Kosh and death instead of Josh and Seth? <laughs> I know. Uh, she was talking to me about Josh and Seth one day. I'm like, are these your two gay friends? Like, what's going on? Like, I didn't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let Mike hear that one. Dev, do you prefer brown kosh or purple kosh? Uh, I, we haven't seen enough of purple kosh yet to uh, make that consideration. Seems like a bit of an ass, though. Mm. But the original kosh was an ass, too. Remember when he slammed Sheridan up against the wall? Yeah, that was just the last episode where he died, too. That was a little bit of an exception, because that was literally when Sheridan was basically asking him to sacrifice his life, and and kosh was a little angry. Sheridan didn't know that. In fairness. True, but there's no doubt that old kosh was a little bit more of a softy than new kosh. Mm -hmm. I think, I just had an idea, the Vorlons are like the founders. You know, that's awesome because I was thinking that earlier and they cut me off with the talk of the Cylons and I thought that was a great analogy. Well done. It's, it's the beautiful, beautiful iPad. It's the beautiful, right? beautiful iPad. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. I, I trust it's, Aaron. It's the iPad it's sync. Of our, our thoughts are one because yes. we both have iPads. That's it. I trust Aaron's opinion, and if he thinks it's a good analogy, I'll have to go with it because I yeah. can't speak for it directly. I Neither can I. When you see what the Vorlons are described as in Zahadub, and when you see them earlier in the season, the Vorlons want you to think that they're angels. Are they? <laughs> That's the question. And P.S. was asking, well, are they good or are they bad? Well, what do you think? I mean, when they appear to you, they appear as angels. 
Yeah. You've known them now for three years. What do you think they're like? It comes down to the question you just asked. Are they angels? Well, technically, yes. Yes, they are angels. So does are that they? mean there's no angels? It was always just Vorlons? That's what's implied by Anna and Morden and that other fellow who was serving tea. You Justin. What's Justin. up with his hands? Dude, he was like Justin clawing is, at the Justin air. is angry. Yes. You're equal and your opposite is Justin, but yes, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> apparently that's who it was. Yeah. And they raised that question. And so, yeah, they were the angels, but are they angels in the sense of good or bad? Or they obviously were these beings, but are are they everything they're all cracked up to be? Right, and it comes back to younger races and older races. If the older races want you to see them as your mommy and your daddy and the people who protect you, what happens when you grow up? Mm. And are they so what they appear to be. It's like Santa Claus. Santa Kosh. Santa Kosh. Santa Kosh. That's that's going in the title. That's going in the title. But, (laughs) and I would just add add to that, then the uh, the race that Susan goes to find at Sigma 957, what do they want to be seen as? Giant masks? (laughs) Yeah, that was... (laughs) <laughs> and nice. I hate the flaming face that talked to Susan, which is, I think, what I was calling it. Did you ever get the sense from that episode that the Vorlons owed the money and never paid up? <laughs> that was actually a Marcus line. <laughs> like Marcus suggested that because I, I was flipping through my notes yesterday and I saw that and I was like, oh, the Vorlons owe the other first ones money. And then as we uh, get deeper in the episode, we attack. The, it's the first time we've ever attacked the Shadows with a ship and destroyed it. Because we're running out of gas giants and destroyed jump gates. Or Why don't we try shooting at them? Well, it's what we try because now we know that the telepaths will jam them. And it's the first yeah. time we've had that advantage and it's the first time we've ever given them a shot. We're now at that point of the war where, where we've actually killed a shadow ship and they've withdrawn. They ran from the fight yeah. when the others came. They killed it in ship-to-ship combat, not tricked it by getting it down into a gravity well of a planet or an exploding jump gate or anything. And picture walkabout and then go to Zahadun in Walkabout, you have Jakar rally the troops, and they all defend Sheridan, and the Shadows run. And then in Zahadum, you have the Shadows trying to convince Sheridan to let go of the younger races. You can't hold them together, because the more unified they are, the more they turn against the Shadows. And it's interesting, because they're trying to provoke chaos, and they're trying to provoke open warfare, but because of the unintended consequence of Sheridan, it's actually turning out the exact opposite. They're actually unifying everyone and creating mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. order. So it's, it's- hi, Herbie. Yes, yeah, <laughs> Last comment about walkabouts. P.S. already mentioned this, but every race has Swedish meatballs. Yes. I like that. I think it's funny, and it gives me faith in the universe. I'm glad it was Swedish meatballs and not something very obscure. I just really think that Jakar and Londo have the best bits of dialogue because they mm. just, it's the bits you remember. Like I can hear you. I love that. <laughs> I can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> right here. I watched that the other day just <laughs> to see that again. It was so Death, funny. do you recall uh, Londo's line when he punches out the guard to uh, rescue Veer from Lord Reefa's clutches? Yes, I actually have it written down. Uh, what episode? Was it in? Oh, well, anyway, it's. I sometimes think they choose guards based. No, I'm on- sorry, Jethro. Can you? Would you mind? What? <clears throat> I sometimes think they choose guards for the bone content of their head. Might as well hire them in body. <laughs> Very well done, sir. I love his preparation. He's like, I think the second throat clearing sounded like it was in Lana's accent. <laughs> Uh, I'm telling you, Peter Jurassic, when he's mowing his lawn in North Carolina, he slips into Londo every now and then. Yes, yeah, good. I'd like to go meet him and get a few pointers on the voice, honestly. 
can't do it anymore. I'm sure he can't do it anymore. He'd be like Billy Piper. He might not be able to do it per se, but maybe he could help me get it. Because he doesn't want to do it anymore. We know he doesn't. Didn't that so. happen with uh, William Shatner? He forgot how to play Captain Kirk. And he had learned from tapes how to stop and overact and everything. Forgot how to play but how does one forget <sighs> how to do that? Spock, there must be another, another way. way. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was how he really talked. Yeah, we didn't know it was acting. <laughs> no, I thought she meant Peter Jurassic. Well, the thing... <laughs> <laughs> Peter Jurassic is a Dunkin' Donuts. Yes, good, good. Donuts. <laughs> Have you ever listened to any of Shatner's music albums? Oh god, no. <laughs> there's one put out for her birthday. There, there's one put out in 2004 called Has Been, and it's a really, really good album. And it's put together with Ben Folds, and you get people on there that you would never imagine, like Henry Rollins and Shatner sing a song together. That's so weird. <laughs> it is awesome. It's hysterical, and he he does the speaking and one line in the song is and I, I hate people who can't carry a tune you know just talk over the music what is that well maybe i could get behind that <laughs> <laughs> they get paid for talking what is that <laughs> so it's good stuff it's good to listen to and it's not as painful as leonard nimoy stuff he does photography doesn't he does he sing oh god does he sing he did sing he sang a song about bilbo baggins google is your friend Dude, I can. It'll type in something else. It'll type in something obscene. Oh, God. (laughs) I will Google this for you. A couple of comments on Grey 17 is missing. I think it's interesting that they're interviewing telepaths in the beginning. Uh, And they've got a nice long line, and the one guy is like, oh, yeah, I can be a telepath. I can be anything you need me to be. That is funny. What am I thinking right now? I don't think this is going to work out. Yeah. Mike has his grandmothers, <laughs> Smith and Wesson. Not his grandfathers, but his grandmothers. Uh, Smith and Wesson 38, and they call it a slug thrower. It's language you've seen before in other sci-fi stuff when they develop energy weapons. They refer to the old projectile weapons as slug throwers. Well, I just love the fact, too, he's like, they still use them in private security and stuff like that. Like, it's not like, a gun, I've never seen one of those before. It's not like flying cars in 2015. We're still connected to our roots and stuff. He says that they only use the PPGs on ships so they don't shoot a hole in the wall and all die. That actually makes sense. It's like shooting a gun in an airplane. The interesting thing in this episode, P.S. will definitely appreciate this, the Minbari book has the corners cut off. That's exciting. P.S. does not seem to appreciate this. Episode. She does not appreciate this. I didn't. I did not notice. I'm trying to remember the Minbari book. I don't remember a Minbari book. I don't remember the context either, uh, but the Minbari are doing something, and you see one of their holy books, and it has the corners cut off. Much like the Book of Jaquan. Was that in Grey 17 is missing when Delenn uh, becomes Dental's up. Yes, that's it. Uh, with, when they're doing the ranger right. thing, yeah. and they bring in this book, and it has the, the corners cut ceremony. off. I think that has to be one of my favorite... Hold on. Danielle, Danielle is um, showing me the lurker's guide here. Uh, question to JMS. What happened to Delenn's father? JMS's response. He croaked. <laughs> How hard is that? Frog? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I really loved about Grey 17 is missing is, okay, now that Ranger 1, Sinclair, and Tilzai is gone, and the thing about 
Sinclair's role as Ranger One, as the head of the Rangers. The Rangers are referred to as the Anla Shock. That's Mimbari for Ranger, and the head is Anla Shock Na, or Ranger One, or whatever. But Sinclair took Valen's original official title, until Z- He's actually, the more I think of it, he's kind of like the Grover Cleveland of the Rangers, because he was like the first and the last guy that. He was, he was, he was president, and then he wasn't president, yeah, and then like he was president we, if, again. Yeah, if we like voted in the corpse of George Washington for another term, it'd um, be kind of weird. Actually, it'd be more like if we. Nah, because Grover Cleveland was one term in between. No, we Jimmy are not Carter. re-electing Jimmy Carter. He actually could serve. He's eligible. That's what I was so saying. Jimmy George Carter H. is w. eligible. Bush. He is, I'd rather have him than Jimmy Carter. Yes, so um, would all of us. <laughs> I was about to say Gerald Ford could do it, but then I'm like, oh yeah, he's dead. So he definitely <laughs> doubled. Well, George Washington did two terms, Ryan. That's true. That's true. That's true. There were no... No, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Why but are we talking about George Washington's? I don't know. Because you brought up Grover Cleveland for some Then he still couldn't do it now. Yes. It doesn't yes. mean that he's exempt from the rule. The only one who was exempt was Truman, and he died too, so we're screwed. What I was to say was, it's interesting because when Sinclair took the role back, he used the... Valen's old title, Antil Za, and Delenn has kept that. So Delenn's official title is Antil Za, the head of the Rangers. But when you think about this, all right, picture Nehrun here. Now, we, we know Nehrun is an ass, and we know Delenn, and we love Delenn, and we know Delenn's... But we love Nehrun because he's awesome. Nehrun is awesome to watch, that is true, but he's an ass. He is very he's creepy. He's a fabulous actor. Like, he's just I thought awesome. you were going to say he has a fabulous no, ass. like, I just love watching him. <laughs> <laughs> he plays the part very well. I just like the actor. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think it's very interesting that he wants to be in charge of the Rangers, and he's going to go and stop Dylan from doing this. And on his way, he encounters a human who is willing to die and for Mimbari. And you're even getting to that spot. Okay, you have the head of the military, or, or a military head, who has this ridiculous theory I should be in charge of the military forces. And you have Delenn, who's a religious leader. This would be seriously like if General Abazin yeah, or whoever walks out. This is the funny says, thing. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be, we're supposed to be on the side of Delenn, but they are breaking the rules. <laughs> no, picture if this happened in real life. Picture a respected military commander saying, I wish to take command during wartime of our military forces. And Jerry Falwell steps out and says, I'll do it. <laughs> like, whose side would you be on? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, you, yeah. Looking yeah. at it from the Minbari perspective, Perspective, he is absolutely right in thinking that the warrior caste should be leading the Rangers. And like, I have difficulty in taking organized religion seriously when they don't want to control the military. Delenn could easily be painted as a religious zealot with military power behind her. She overthrew the government. Now she wants to take command of the most advanced you know, ships in the fleet. And, and it, it does come across as something that either you could paint it badly or you could interpret it badly. And yeah, we get to where Death is saying, where you have one human standing on the bridge and not letting the room pass. Yeah. Because Valen told me to do it. He told me. Yeah. I talked to Valen and he said to do it. Yeah. And, and she sounds they like literally, Nerun realizes that this human is more of a ranger than he is. Or more of a Mimbari than he is. Marcus stood up there and said in Valen's name. And you have Nerun yeah. with a knife in his hand about to go kill him. Mimbari. Yeah, you're going to have to kill me to pass. Oh, we had a pike. It was a, pi- a pipe. They were beating each other. Pike. The pike. Was it yes. a pike or a pipe? Pike. They it's, were hitting each other with fish? It doesn't make sense. It is the Minbari fighting pike. Because it looked just like the pipe that Garibaldi had in Grey 17. I think it was the same so pipe. Yeah. Yeah. They were, you know what I always I'm wonder? sorry, they were hitting each other with fish? I still don't get it. All right. No, you know Marcus's little thing? It's like the size of like a coffee mug and you press the button and the pike shoots out. Uh, okay. 
No, my oh. question is, why wouldn't you hold it up against the guy's head and then press the button and his head would like, explode? He did that in the episode where they got yeah. kidnapped. He's like, take that and, and look at it and just shake it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, <laughs> Do you think that would have knocked the, the bone off of Nehru's head? if you got the right. He knows how it works. Well, that's, no, but I'm saying like you hold it close and hit the button. How fast can you move? He beat the crap out of poor Marcus. <laughs> Broke three ribs. You know, but Marcus is awesome. Then you have Delenn, who's now the new military commander. She's drinking the wine and she's got like her heavy coat on because <laughs> it's cold in there and Marcus is getting the snot kicked out of him and Nehrum walks in with the bloody pike and Sheridan who is awesome as the commander of the station he's like is this part of the ceremony? <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> well they didn't tell him to be fair. Yeah, covered in blood and Nehrum's line sounding as spiteful as possible they wouldn't die for me but they would die for you until za and just mm-hmm. and he just there. leaves yeah he's so bitter i love it and you see lanier yeah. run out of the room cuz he's like holy crap i think marcus is dead well he's only had a few <laughs> minutes to really come to terms with the fact that he is not worthy yeah yeah and mm-hmm. she is. It's not like he came around and realized Delenn was the better choice and was falling on the sword. He realized, I can't win. Yeah. It's, I'm not giving you anything. They yeah. won't follow me. They will follow you. Yeah, it's not that she is particularly worthy or, or whatever, but he is not worthy and he's taking himself out of the running. Yeah. It's like he said, no, I'm, I'm going to suspend my campaign and go and work on the bailouts or something. <laughs> so Nerun is John McCain. Oh my god, I'm picturing John McCain fighting Marcus and it's not going well in my head. Garibaldi is trapped on Gray 17 but looking there, at every panel. There's that little scene with, with Marcus and Lanier leading up to it. He uses like that circular logic to, to yes. convince Marcus that you know what he has to, I, That's a great scene. Knowing that he knows that I know that he knows that yeah. he knows that I know. I told Delenn I wouldn't tell anybody but the captain will find out but if I tell you the captain won't find out and I can still go to Stovocor or whatever Lanier is so adorable. <laughs> Lanier is awesome. I was waiting for Lanier's line. I cannot go after him myself because I am a Mimbari and I have a very little bone on my head. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I would last very long. He the, might the get drunk. <laughs> I forget whether it's in Zaha Doom or Shadow Dancing, but Lanier is in the space port waiting area and this other guy's just talking to him talking and he <laughs> i laughed so hard because he used some of this dialogue that ryan used in jest he's like hey remember that war we had ah whatever <laughs> is, it, is it the one where he says that he's sick or yeah, something he's, I have he's, contagious and he's got five days netter syndrome yeah. exactly and really doug netter is one of the producers yeah. of the show and he's just like gets the guy to go away just sort of looks skyward and says i will do penance for that later <laughs> Because Minbari don't lie. Except to save the honor of another. Yeah. Or to get rid of annoying travelers, yeah. apparently. But <laughs> So they have Garibaldi trapped with the most insane people on the planet who we're talking about. And the guy... And he's, Those people are nuts. Well, there's like 27 of them, and Garibaldi's walking around, like, not even listening to them. He's, like, opening all the, the access ports, trying to find a way off of Gray 17. And the guy's, like, in the universe, everything that lives race. dies. <laughs> Serious design flaw. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? It's like... <laughs> Well, you've got to be a little kooky after living down there for a while with all these puppets and stuff. <laughs> it's, it's like Farscape. Pilots in the background. It's ridiculous. And then he finally gets back to Sheridan's office, and Sheridan's like, where have you been? There was an assassination attempt on the land. I was standing right there. thought it was part of the ceremony. Did it lift a well, finger? Gray 17 is missing. <laughs> Fade. <laughs> Someone ate the janitor. There's a little puppet, but now I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't 
Am I going too fast, Rick? Okay, are we ready for And the Rock Cried Out, No Hiding Place? Well, I'd like to go back to Purple Cosh. No, just kidding, yes. <laughs> <laughs> purple Cosh. You, you touch home base and say Purple Cosh or something. <laughs> ollie Ollie Oxen Free. <laughs> purple Cosh. Uh, I, I just got to say, I love Brother Theo, and I love Brother Theo's mustache. Oh, you I believe I believe that may be the last episode of Babylon 5 featuring Brother Theo. Mm, which is sad. Which makes me, well, it's one of the best. I, I, like Literally, it was like that episode from the first season where they got every religious figure in the tri-state area and got them onto Babylon 5. It's mm-hmm. like the Buddhist, the Jew, every, everyone showed. Now, who played the Jew? He looked very familiar. Yeah, he's actor. been in like bit parts, like a lot of Has he a been lot of shows. Before? Okay, so, but not in this one. No. He looks like the guy, no, I'm thinking of the last uh, rabbi that was on the show. I'm thinking of the guy that played Worf's father from no, Star Trek. No, Susan's nope. rabbi like 20 that years was ago. Susan's rabbi. Rabbi. You know what's no, good? I, and I am glad they didn't get the same actor because then it would be like Earth has one rabbi. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> and you'd have to write a scene with Susan and him talking and there really wasn't a lot of time in this episode. Well, Susan did greet him at the airport. He was a Russian. At the airport. At the, the airport. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the airport. At the docking. At the docking. <laughs> so they the back area. And they smuggled news out from, from Earth and they kind of carved up the planet and they were able to smuggle information out. It's just interesting to me. An Earth outpost goes rogue. This would be seriously like if if a random U.S. state broke off. Florida. But people still no, no, vacation. No, no. Let, let, us, let us talk Vermont because saying, Vermont actually Vermont. does want yeah. us to see. But I, I thought it was hysterical because in Chather Dancing, the snobby woman with her husband walking around like she was oh, like yeah. she's like hyacinth <laughs> bouquet like walking around like why the hell would you vacation on babylon 5 why, if, why, if you How are like afraid of dirt and people why would you go to babylon 5 and, and why would you go to down below <laughs> she went to down below on babylon 5 she's like why are there so many homeless people in down below how did she get travel clearances to babylon why 5? are there so many muppets on grade 17 money. well there's no embargo you can apparently come and go as you please but like her husband's name looks like it was like abner or something from Bewitched, and it's like he's following her around. It's like. Do you think that was her husband? I thought it was her husband and their little oh my girl. God, he was pistol whipped. Yes. Oh yes. Yeah, I thought it was her son. Why do you think I stand up to you once a day now? It's just practice. I thought it was her son. At first, I didn't see the kid, and when I thought when she was saying Jesse, come here, I thought she was talking to the yeah. man. Yeah, I thought it was her son, and that that was her granddaughter. But I don't oh know. no, I thought that was her. Yeah, definitely the son. No, I thought it was her husband. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? Well, then I completely have to rewatch season three. No, just that episode. Just that episode. And it's a good episode. I love the Baptist minister because they make a joyful noise to the Lord. And Theo's like banging his head into the desk in the background. <laughs> That's joyful. <laughs> And uh, Theo has the comment, oh, good news, it's only a temporary visit. Ah. Isn't that a wonderful word, temporary? Uh, apparently the monks have staked out B5 and says this is their territory now. We take <laughs> they're having it's just a religious turf war. Yeah, they have permanent residence because the they're useful. Versus, yeah, the- versus the monks. Well, then, I love the conversation between the Baptist minister and Sheridan. Sheridan's in his office, and it's mm. dark. The picture when you break away from Earth and become your own military dictator, he doesn't probably picture doing, like, the water reclamation reports. But mm. he's filling out the reports, and basically, the, the guy comes in and tells the story of how, what was it, his place was always a mess, and his friend's place was always a mess, but she would come over and help clean his place, and he would one day ask, why are you helping clean my place when your place is such a mess? And the response back is, well, you know, I'm helping you, and it's something we can do together. And whatnot, mm-hmm. and, and that, and it shares, it lifts the burden, basically saying, "Let Delenn help you," because he's just sitting in the war room and he's shutting mm-hmm. down. He needs to learn how to delegate, right? Yes. 
you multitask too much. You yeah. monologue too much. Yeah. I, I have in my notes, Sheridan gets sermonized. It had the feel of a sermon to it. It's a cute little anecdote, mm-hmm. a nice little story, and at the end it all wraps up with a big point. Yeah. No, I thought it was great, and it, I, I love those little bursts of religion on the show. I mean, we've had mm. two really religious episodes back-to-back, and this is, again, from an atheist. I mean, I think it's just a it's wonderful moments in the season because this is kind of the break now. You know, we've gone through breaking away from Earth and we're about to turn into mm-hmm. the, the hot war and this is that little moment in between yeah. that we still have to... Well, it's like they said in the episode where we last saw Bester and they're talking about whether they should let him on or not and they're like, what is he going to find out? Everything we were going to do, we've done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Let him shoot at him a couple times in the docking base just to let him know we still there. But... Yeah, we can't kill him. Can we wound him a little? <laughs> Stub his toe, yeah. yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about the Centauri plotline in this episode? Absolutely. Londo wakes up and decides, I want Jakar to die. <laughs> I thought he, he just decided that. <laughs> yeah, well, he finally figured out the plan for it, I think. Yes. Yeah. And, He's like, Via, you him. will go to him and tell him that Toth is alive. Is she alive? You will go to him, Via. And tell uh, him. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Just tell him. Just tell him whatever. Yeah. He's like, he'll believe you. You have one of those faces. <laughs> well, the thing is, Veer is just so faces, bad actually. at being deceptive. Well, exactly. Veer is so sweet. He is, and he gets used in this episode he by Londo. No. And this, a long time ago, we talked about uh, the telepaths of other races, and we talked about Veer getting kidnapped, and I was right. It actually does happen on B5 here. Yep. It happens I wrote, I wrote here, Veer, you should break up with him. He's not good for you. Well, someone, <laughs> someone asked JMS after the episode, why the hell does Veer stay with Londo? And the response back was, he has nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't. His family doesn't want him. His family no. doesn't want him back. He's he is been, not suitably Centare for their... Like, yeah, I mean, he has nowhere else to go. And in the, Londo's eyes, Londo stuff. did nothing wrong. Londo's like, I needed to, to take out Rifa, and I couldn't tell Veer for his own protection, and for the protection of the plan, so I lied to him a little bit. Never, look, everything worked out fine. I mean, Londo doesn't doesn't mm-hmm. get it. He doesn't see any problem here. And obviously, look what Veer had thought he was sending Jakar to his grave. And wonder how Veer developed morals being raised in this culture. That's a very good question. You think sometimes it's just some people are like that. Like you could put Veer anywhere, and he would still be Veer. But it just seems. I mean, this is like completely against the Centauri culture and every single Centauri thinks he is completely strange. Well, like how uh, okay, okay. Um, I, I'm going to answer that with a question. Explain then those two youths from the previous episode where they wanted to marry for love. How did oh, they yeah. Come- so maybe it's like little pockets of people that are normal. Yeah, oh, it, I it, say normal because they're like humans. Yeah, no, it's, it's not that they were raised in a society or a pocket of society that thought differently. It's just like any teenager, they don't think their parents know best and they're going to go out and do something else just because. Well, it's everything in society. You see cases every now and then where a guy was put in jail for 30 years for murder and then DNA evidence proved it wasn't him. And they let the guy go and, and, and whatnot. And basically he's like, I'm grateful for the years I have left and I, I know I don't hold any you know ill will. Like you think to yourself, God, if I were thrown away for 30 years, there's nothing I didn't do. I'd be beside myself. Sometimes people just, I think, can surprise you, and it may just be who they are. And I don't know. I, I just think it's interesting. Well, it's nature versus nurture. Yeah, exactly. Nature yeah. versus nurture. I mean, this is actually the episode where we get the line about the bone content of the heads. Yep. Yep. Love Londo. it. And Londo does not think that Veer is important enough to kill. 
which is obviously she's probably not. I mean, to which be is honest, true because he know? wasn't killed. It's a, it's a sad situation for Veer because he hated being powerful because he did everything he could to try and protect people. He hated the mm-hmm. idea he would have to lead people to their deaths. Abraham Lincoln-y. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the reason he isn't important enough to kill is when he gets power, he, quote-unquote, abuses it from the Centauri point of view. And, you know, they know they can't trust me. He used to be ambassador to Minbar, and now he's just attache to the ambassador to B5. Danielle was he- just asking me if uh, we heard the prophecy yet from from Lady Morella, and we have the fear will yes. become emperor after, as we see, right. after Londo dies, but no one else really knows that, so it's okay. not like he's, you know... Yeah, no, no one knows that. It's not other, like he's expecting it. Right. Yeah, the only I don't think who knows that, The only person who knows that is Londo and Lady Morella, and... And Veer. They, and Veer, of course, yeah. but they don't know what the order is going to be. Right. I just love Veer. He's like, I'm going to be the emperor, I'm an administrative assistant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just... Well, it's like in BSG, you're the secretary of education. You'll never be in charge. If the right sequence of people melt, you damn well better believe I will be. So you better be ready. Is that a lesson out there to all the secretaries of education? It (laughs) is. You you could be called to serve. So yeah, so what else do we have in this episode? So we have um, Sheridan uttering, unfortunately, in front of Delenn the lines, we need to think like the shadows. That that turns out to be the wrong thing to say because she makes them go to church. It's what I would do. Is that in this episode? Yes. He's like, yeah. exactly what I would do. And then Delenn is like, you would do this? You, you need to think like them. And he, he yeah. discovers... Well, that's the oldest military strategy in the book. you got to think like your enemy, not like yourself. Right, and you discover the strategy is to attack around a central area, flush all the survivors into one area, and then go after them with everything you've got at that one area. And it, as Sheridan learns it, he's like, gotta go to church! <laughs> Later. <laughs> Hit save on the thing. And uh, the, the the death of Lord Rifa, he got... I really enjoyed that. This because... is fantastic. I love this scene. You've got all these... I just want to watch it again. ...who are actually loyal to House Malari, and they're not taking orders from Rifa anymore, and there's all these Narns around there, and you can just see them all cracking their knuckles, and... Well, I love the bit where, he's, where Rifa is, even as they're saying all the things that we know Rifa did, Rifa's like... Pfft. Please, like they believe that, and then yeah. he's like, "They're lying," and Londo's like, "In case he says that I'm lying, I will bribe you to." Just in case. <laughs> no, he he's provided all the evidence. Well, no, he even says, "I'll free two million narn or two thousand narn, two thousand narn, whatever." Just as, as icing on the cake. And I love it when when Londo walks out. Make sure this is found on him and puts the thing in his pocket, and he like cuts his neck. You may leave the face intact; the rest is yours. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I did enjoy that. And you Card's like, I'll run down here. They'll never look for me there. <laughs> and as Danielle, as we're watching this, Danielle yells over to me, wasn't he poisoned too? I'm like, I don't think we really care about the poison anymore. There's 50 angry Narn, <laughs> including that one Narn who obviously wasn't hitting him, but was just throwing his arms yeah. up in the air. Too many extra. <laughs> was it the Narn? The Narn. Yes, the guy from season two, uh, whatever the hell's name was. The uh, Narn is his uh, name. No, he, Talon. Talon, yeah. Talon, Talon. Taylor. <laughs> Jack R. <laughs> I don't know if Danielle knows this. Originally, Jakar was going to be Jack R. Ugh. And Andreas Casula says, I am Jakar. Yeah. I, I am French. Jakar. He said, I am French. Yeah. All right, so we're down to Shadow Dancing, and we're down to Zahadun. Yep, two episodes to go, and I like how Shadow Dancing opens with Z minus 7. 
because uh, the one before was Z minus fourteen. Oh, really? It was yeah. it was Z minus I, fourteen, and then it with Z minus ten. Okay, uh, I do not remember that because it was like a month ago that I watched it. And just to keep, and the one thing we didn't cover is that we are introduced to the White Star Fleet. Yes. We yeah. have a fleet of the first wave of White Star ships have been built. This is the main armada that yeah the Rangers will use to fight the shadows. Yep. And here we get more mention of the refugee stream in Sector eighty three. Yep. And Sean and Marcus go to wait for the invasion. Um, you say Sean and Marcus? I, I was being, sorry, I was being distracted by Catherine. Susan and Marcus go to wait Sean. for the invasion. Who the hell is Sean? What is he doing with Marcus? Like, where did you even get Sean? Josh, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> it was an administrative error. And you have yeah. perhaps my favorite we Marcus have, have. line throughout the whole series, speaking to Susan and uh, Mimbari. What did oh, he say? He yes. says, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. So romantic. No. Yeah. Oh. And she's like, oh. and Susan's like that's that touching. Mean? Where do I sleep? And he's like, nice. then, then he, she asks what it means, and yeah. he's clearly caught with his pants down, and he has to make up what it means. And what he, he makes doesn't. up is so incoherent and crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it means that the sky is shining down to me, and I see you. Come on, come on. Do you honestly think he did not have an explanation ready for when she inevitably asked him what that meant? Some people hope to God you'll never ask that question. No, he had a comeback. It was just, it was kind of incoherent. Oh, it it worked, quite honestly, because it was the same sort of message, just different words, and it's not like she would ever be able to... But the words were in the wrong order. The same sort of sentiment without being that specific. You know, you are the most beautiful ever in all of time. And just keep in mind as well in the um, in the scheme of things that in the second to last episode of season three they had that conversation. Yeah. Just keep that in mind. And I do love the fact that when he called her to the bridge, she had taken all of the all of the pillows and arranged them. And, like, I love that. Sometimes well, like, it was she fell off the bed. Finally, like she finally got comfortable, and then he woke her up. No, she felt she did she, fall off she the bed. She fell off the bed. It was yeah, so funny. Yeah, she rolled back off the bed. And she's like, oh. And if you notice as well, when, I just put my headset back on. Who rolled off the bed? When Susan rolled off the fiery bed. So <laughs> on. excited. Sean. 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 Sean was on the bed. I could never sleep in a Mimbari bed. I love how they got more mileage out of that by having Susan do it <laughs> where they had John do it earlier. Yeah. Like, you seriously think at this point they put in like a regular human bed because of all the rain. Well, no, the Rangers use them too, so. I'm sure the Rangers are very. like The Rangers all train on Minbar, so they get yeah, used to Minbari beds. Used to it. That's the final exam on the Ranger exam. Sleep for eight hours without rolling Marcus off. Marcus loves the bed. He's like, oh, it's very good for your back. Like, he loves yeah. it. Well, I He's love also a crazy person. <laughs> he is. But I love the discussion between the two of them about four poster beds. <laughs> yeah, it was like a little bit awkward. She's like, um, I want to go to sleep now. He's like, right. Off I go. Yeah. <laughs> You're well, here and just, I'm here. Who's flying the yeah, ship? There was just a little <laughs> too much innuendo in the scene for her. When they left Babylon 5, the Egyptian... The thing. Egyptian blessing. Yeah. And they don't even Sinclair? say it to each other. They're like, aside from a small Egyptian blessing, off you go. Was that from Sinclair? Where, where was that? From? No, it was not from Sinclair. No, when did, no, when did we <laughs> well, hear that before? Susan says it later to Marcus. Right. The Egyptian blessing was first mentioned in A Distant Star. Really? That's what it says on the Lurker's Guide. And when I click on The Distant Star, I see that 
it was the episode with Captain, the, the other captain. Yes, the, um, the yes. ship that was lost in hyperspace, and they gave the Egyptian um, blessing when they, that, that's absolutely right. Cause I was it was, to, so it was Sheridan, not Sinclair. Well, no, because I was, I thought it was Sinclair for whatever reason, but then I'm like, why would Sheridan know it then if, if it was a Sinclair? If, Telepathy. And then someone asked in the Lurker's Guide, as I recall, why did the White Star form its own jump point when leaving Babylon 5? Why didn't it go through the jump gate? And the response was, it was more dramatic that way. <laughs> Because it can. <laughs> because it can. Because you don't want to use the power resources of the jump gates that they have well, there. I thought, well, I thought before, I thought they were saying, wasn't there a moment where the White Star or some ship could make its own jump gate, but they used the jump gate that was already there so nobody would know it could make its own? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that, that was point. before. Yeah. Yeah, but, by this point. but you might as well ask why the invading Earth Force Armada used the jump gate and why they didn't just surround the station. Maybe they forgot. <laughs> Bottom line, is they need people like us working on shows like this. Yeah. Because the plot... Exactly. <laughs> I thought you were going to say they need people like us driving the ships. <laughs> <laughs> that too. P.S. I'm in Montreal. Where the hell is this? It's <laughs> <laughs> like we all... Like the fleet jumps. Like we're all different parts of the galaxy. Oh she's on She's on BSG right now. That's yeah, what she's saying. She's, she's over. <laughs> she's the- like the fleet jumps. <laughs> <laughs> I jumped to New Caprica. Are you guys still on that one? But- Hey, be fair. They call them jump engines. They do call them jump engines. Yeah, they 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 absolutely do jump here too. So you have so the white stars in section sector eighty three. Now, as I recall, Delenn had to really work the league worlds to even now. Like this is the third time we're coming back with more ships. It was the mother of all guilt trips that she gave them Mm -hmm. to get them to get on board. And they gave all the ships that they could spare, and it still doesn't look like a lot of ships. I mean, it's it's like little tugboats. Yeah. I don't feel bad for like the tiny, the tiny unaligned worlds that they like. They send up their little like ship that's like a tugboat, and it's like flying alongside the White Star, and like it's like in Harry Potter. Harry's got a firebolt, and everybody else has a clean sweep one. <laughs> and then Sheridan's leading the battle. He's like, "Clean sweep one, you go first. Yeah. <laughs> Let's test their Small front line." <laughs> If you come back, we'll send more. <laughs> it's awful. And of course, they they collide with the uh, Shadow Scout. So now the White Star is disabled. That's a lot of ships. That's a bloody awful lot of ships. Mm. And what do you do? Ah, well, who the hell wants to live forever? And they send the signal and they call him the cavalry. Marcus says, I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote about that in my notes. Yeah, who I wants do, to actually. live forever? Me, actually. <laughs> but what the hell? And he hits the button. And then what I liked about the battle was I thought it looked like allies were having their asses handed to them, but apparently they won the battle because... Yeah, I know. I was like, I was kind of confused as to who won the battle since like all oh. the, you know, the tugboats were being I destroyed. I have the answer. The reason okay. is we can we can only see a shadow vessel blow up so many times before it starts to look like the same shot over and over again, even if it's not. Whereas with the Alliance fleet that they put together, it's all different types of ships. So showing those getting blown up is a more... My favorite so the, sh- the, the shadows realize that we have extended our special effects budget. Let's retreat. That's exactly what I was going to follow. Well, if you know this too. They showed you all the shots. My favorite was the Mimbari ship get chopped into four because they had like the 
perpendicular and the and the and the, the, the two beams like across almost going right at the ship and they carve it into four pieces. If you notice every time you see Delenn and Sheridan later, in the background is one of the special effects shots you've already seen. And they're like pointing <laughs> yeah. at the, they're pointing at the ship that blew up half an hour ago. Oh, it doesn't look good yeah. there, John. That's a great special. Minbari command center that they can that only see yeah. the stuff from half hour ago. <laughs> I don't think the whole battle lasted <laughs> half hour. What I liked at the end was they just walk over and they hug each other because we won, but look at all the damage that... So they can't kiss. <laughs> there's like they some feel, rules. They well, you know, there's like got to be a Minbari ceremony for that. I mean, they can't, they can't yeah. just kiss like, everybody. Yeah. There must be sleep watching first. Yes, and I have, yes, I have in my notes and I can't, I just have sleep watching and I have no yeah. idea the context. There's about 50 steps you go through. The Mimbari, when the, when in, in Mimbari land, when you start to date someone, yeah, the I man is, has to sleep the and the woman watches him. Is that the- All right, if I wake up tonight and you're staring at me, I'm not going to be able no, to fall I, back asleep. I just remember thinking, like, I felt so bad for John at some points. So I'm like, oh my god, how many hoops do you have to jump through? Yeah, this I mean, it's like, so what ridiculous. You Now you must do the obstacle course and you have to, like, jump through the tire. <laughs> And it's like, you know, Delenn comes to him, oh, honey, sorry, another small favor I have to ask. And it's like, oh, my God. Danielle, do you remember the Lumati ambassador? The Susan has to have sex yes. with. Yes. Boom, shakalaka, boom, shakalaka. Hold on, hold on. At one point in time, there is a brief moment where Delenn is composing a letter to the Lumati and she will not sign this treaty with them and I think it's because there are too many steps to have sex. I was going to say can you imagine if he goes through all these hoops and then it turns out that the Mimbari idea of sex is the boom shakalaka (laughs) (laughs) she starts dancing. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well you know her and Susan did have the nice long talk about womanly things so maybe. Or she was like you know, how do you get your hair like that? Well, I wash it. Um, with what? Um, well... Soap. <laughs> you know what would be great? Seriously, picture we, this. We use a calcium compound. Yeah. <laughs> Sheridan is so pissed. Sheridan is so pissed that he has to lay here while Delenn's staring at him for 72 hours. That he finds an Anna lookalike on the Zocalo. It's just, <laughs> stop by my quarters at 10. Ah! He drops all the snow globes and runs like, Would you be able to sleep if someone was staring at you? Like, I don't think I'd fall asleep. I don't think I would be able to fall asleep if I knew she was sitting there. I, I'd keep opening I'll... my eyes like, are you still there? <laughs> How about you wait until the person falls asleep and then you go in the room and watch them? The person who's going to do the watching is just out watching tv and the other person goes to bed early <laughs> well, my- <laughs> but he knows she's coming like ryan and danielle actually for that matter because ryan always tells us that you go to bed wicked early so maybe he's sleep watching yeah, well, for you because i get up at five like yeah. dude come on it's relative but um yeah i don't know i guess i wouldn't wake up if i was really asleep but that's also just, i would be laying there with seriously the blanket up like underneath my armpits you know going what? honey you're still there yeah but wait for you to fall asleep the okay. next time the next I wake up before you, I'm just going to stare at you and see if you wake up. Well, the thing I love is I'll walk up into the bedroom at night. Like, I'll finish podcasting, I'll go up to the bedroom, and, I'll, and the room will be dark because Danielle's asleep, and I'll literally trip over the laundry basket, <laughs> smash my knee into the end table by the bed, and I'll, like, literally go out the window and, like, fall a story. And the next day, Danielle will be like, oh, I didn't hear you come to bed. You, I must have really been out. I'm like, ow, I have a concussion. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I almost have a couple of times. Like one, a few years ago, my mother, she found this hat rack in the store. So she bought me a hat rack and she left it in the middle of my bedroom, just like put it inside the door. And I went to bed and the room was dark and I almost put the hat rack through the window. Ryan, I have a question. How many hats do you own and how many do you wear on a regular basis? He has two hats, I think. No, I two hats. I have my winter hat. I have my baseball cap that fits my pumpkin head. <laughs> Which is your old man hat? That's the fishing hat. Yeah, but he only wears that when we go camping. I only wear that when we fishing. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> I'm gonna wear that tomorrow. I think. Go Are you going fishing tomorrow? No. What the hell? <laughs> Call into work. I'm going fishing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm going ice fishing. Gone fishing. Leave it on my voicemail. <laughs> oh, that, that'd be great. Um, yeah. So the, the the battle doesn't go. And we've talked about. Franklin and yeah. the fact he tries to help someone being attacked and ends up getting stabbed himself. Mm-hmm. What I did love is as they're rushing him to med lab, he's so out of it. Instead of seeing the medics, he's, he starts seeing the command staff, John and, and Susan and Mike. I, I really did enjoy that too. That was a great little moment there because obviously they weren't even back on the station yet. They were out. Mm-hmm. My favorite bit of yep. the Steven bit. Yep. He's talking to himself and talking about you know the walk about gotta go find yourself what a bunch of mealy mouth self-indulgent foundationalist crap (laughs) (laughs) he mocks his own religion (laughs) he does and steven his i I refer to this as steven's conscience i have in my notes this the conscience sounds a lot like his dad (laughs) we we discussed earlier that maybe they should have had a a image of his father and it's like because the the sentiment in the voice is there (laughs) okay prophecy Oh, I have something in my notes. It's about what Susan says, and I didn't write down what it was that she says that was crazy. The The man in between is searching for you. No, it was the second thing. It was the hand. I am the hand? hand. Really? Why the hell would I say I am the hand? I wrote down, she seems really defensive. Maybe she knows what it means. (laughs) No, I think it's just Russian intolerance for something that sounds like garbage. I am the hand? What the hell is that? Why would I say that? It just seemed like the tone of her voice was like, why would I say that? I would, why, why did I say, what? Well, it wasn't you know, offensive. Like, it just sounded like cliche. Like, you know what it is? It's like she spent the morning with Kosh, and now she's like, just tell me what the hell it means. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> she's she's cranky. Yes. No wonder you are cranky. She is crotchety. Crotchety. I really like the Franklin storyline in this uh, the, this episode. Like I said before, he's he's not my favorite character. He's not. I don't think he's all that interesting most of the time. I don't think he's but anyone's favorite character. Because... Probably, the, you know, there is somebody out there, you know. Someone, thought... I think everybody is somebody's favorite character. That's something that I have learned. That is yeah. DPS, and, and being the Horace Slughorn fan that you are, you kind of exemplify that. No, yes. I mean, all you no, need to true. do is I look mean... at Richard. No, I mean, I'm serious. I think everybody is somebody's favorite character. Yeah, like look at Richard. One of his favorite characters is Bellatrix Lestrange. It's so weird. Yeah, it's so weird. But Horace isn't weird. No, Horace isn't weird at all. No, no, not at all. I felt so embarrassed the other day. I had to, to type in a, in a BSG context, uh, a BSG community. The question was, what are some of your favorite characters in your other fandoms? And I felt really awkward typing Horace because, like, these people don't understand. I feel like people that have read the books once or something will be like, who is that? Well, you could say Horace Slughorn. Well, I did. I did say Slughorn. Okay. I didn't know if you were on a first name basis or, or what the... <laughs> we are all Kosh. Purple Kosh. Purple. Right, I'm literally hitting her in the well, face. Well, you know what it is? It's because when Ryan turns his head the other way, he moves the mic. So, like, you know. Oh, hold just, on. I just grab him by the head. How's this sound? <laughs> is that better? Yes. Well, I know what it's like. Purple Kosh is like bugs when you spot the different colored bugs. What? what? The Beatles, the cars. 
when you're driving in the highway and you you say you you point out the different colored cars. Have you ever played that game? Punch buggy. When I was like five. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I played that like a month ago. <laughs> No, seriously, it's really funny because I live right by a VW dealership, so I just drive by and I can punch somebody like 10 times. Well, I have to take my grandmother's word for it that I played it because I don't really remember, but she's like, don't you remember when you were little and you'd see a Danielle's black needle, you'd be like, punch buggy, I got one. I'm like, I really don't remember. Danielle's that. grandmother, you know, the aunt from the Christmas story who made the bunny uh-huh. for the kid to wear? Yeah, that's my grandma. It's literally like she's thought Danielle's perpetually five years old and a girl. So it's not as funny in your case, but you know, same basic <laughs> principle. Right? No, we, I, we used to play that game when we were younger, and it's been updated with the release of the Beetle. So yeah. the Beetle is now one, the old school bug is two, and the VW bus is three. Hmm. Ooh, the bus. Hmm. See, I used to play Padiddle. Padiddles? Play, yep, headlights. Yep. I want to watch Lost now and play this, because there's a lot of v, uh, VW uh, buses. There, there's a bus. There's more. Th- There's a guy in my neighborhood who's got an old VW bus in his front yard, and he's got a, a chair up on top. And for his Christmas decorations, Santa was in the chair, and there's a light thing of reindeer in front of it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Does he like camp out in the van? I don't know. It's in front of a house, so I tend to think not. But, you know, anything's possible. Death, People go camping Lost. in their backyard. No, I have not watched Lost. Don't spoil it. I said yeah. death, but I'm curious. Stop. Whatever. What are you doing? I'm sorry. I'm playing with her beautiful, beautiful iPad. All I heard was you say my name. So what? what's up? You, have you seen Lost yet? I can't recall. No. Oh, something for us to do. Maybe. Oh, come on, death. It's togetherness. Oh, you don't seem enthusiastic. Mm. Hold on. Is it not taking more? I don't know. I, I Is it worthy try- of your coveted Netflix book? I was over at a friend's house and his wife was watching an episode and I watched maybe about 15 minutes of it and I was like, no pun intended, I am lost. I do not understand this. Wait, because you watched 15 minutes of an episode from the middle of the series? You can't. You can't watch it out of order or you will be so confused as to what's happening. But if you watch it in order, it's simple. Like for us who... like, Sure it is. Can you tell me how Lost ends? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, seriously, for someone who is analytical and, and, and thinks about stuff, and like, especially since you write fan fiction, so you, you have to consider plots and stuff, you will have no problem with it. For the receptionist in my office, she literally blew her mind. Yeah, I don't know if I can really get into a show where one of the characters like kills puppies and then he's rescuing the homeless or something. Oh, I what? love him. Does that happen? No. Kills what, puppies? No, what I said was there's one character who you literally love him, you hate him, you love him, you hate him, but you alternate every episode. Yeah, because he does good things in one episode and then he does horrible things in the next episode. Yeah. Eh. You will love it. Tell you what, I will, I will commit right now to watching the pilot or the first episode or whatever, but I will not commit beyond that. Very good. That works for me, too. So... Melissa Gilbert. Melissa Gilbert. Zaha Dool. Does anyone else still picture her as a little girl on Little House in the Park? I was looking for buck teeth. teeth. I was looking for buck teeth. I mean, they would have been, I was looking for her buck teeth. Well, I did love the fact that they were able to use Bruce Box Lightner and Melissa Gilbert's, like, wedding album in the episode. That was convenient. That was nice. Yeah. What was the the thing she was wearing? She was wearing, like, the dress. It had, like, the zipper up her chest, but then there was, like, a, there was, like, a... A fasten? Is that what was it? Was there a fastening anywhere? No, what was that? Is that was that the style in the nineties? Like she had like it had like a neck, like it went. I have no idea what you're 
All right, picture like the shirt, and there was like a hole in the middle, and it zipped up. Can we find a picture of this online? Yeah, like yeah. Melissa Gilbert like, when she's in Sheridan Square, is that black top she was wearing? Oh, what she is wearing? I thought you were talking about the wedding dress in the no, picture. No, what she's wearing in the in Sheridan Squares when she arrives. It's the outfit. She so this is Zaha Doom. This is like there was one episode where Dilemma was wearing the black dress, and I was looking at Danielle, I'm like, "What the hell is she wearing?" And you were like, "That's the style in the '90s. She would just be wearing spaghetti straps." Today. Like her dress. Just I can't, really can't picture Delenn in a dress with spaghetti straps. Yeah, it seems kind of weird. Although, interestingly enough, I did watch one of the features on the DVD and it had Mira Furlan without the bone, and I've never seen that before. So it's very weird <laughs> to see her. I haven't seen Lost. We just. I know, I'm giving you incentive to watch Lost because then you can see Mira Furlan without the bone. Mm. Yeah, what is that called? The... No, it's just the. the, the, the... Okay, Danielle's now looking at pictures of Marcus <laughs> online. <laughs> that came through loud and clear. That's Love like it. So like, what is that? It's, it's, a, it's a trying to figure out what I should Google to see it. Can you show us this picture, please? Um, well, I just Googled Anna Sheridan and I went to images, and it's just like, yeah. one of the pictures. I did too, but it's pictures of women getting in the water. What? Anna Sheridan, Babylon 5. Oh, Anna oh, Sheridan, okay. Babylon 5. Like, that's the original and then, Anna Sheridan and with, the, with the 90s here. It's okay. the 8th and the 90s. There's a picture of Morgan. No, Anna Sheridan, yeah, Babylon 5. I, I think you just get caught up on, like, the little no, details. No, I, I'm, I was paying attention to the fashion, because then... When, okay. When, I, are you talking about this one with the zipper? Yes, the yeah. zipper. It was just an I was no... So it, it looks like your standard V-neck, and then right below the neck, there's two bits that come in and touch each other? Is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah. Eh, it, whatever. I. shirt. Okay. I'm not making it the, the, the cleavage cast. The year is 2260. Saying. Let's just say fashion has changed. And the place is Yeah, I mean, five. what do you expect them to wear? <laughs> I, I, well, if it's Star Trek uh, spandex and pajamas. God yeah, knows spandex, how they poop. jumpsuits. You really Carefully. forgot I had to get naked to pee, right? No, no, no they, they just teleported right out of the body. <laughs> Beam me up. Beam it out. Seriously. <laughs> All right, so... Well, I've seen that in, in Harry Potter fix before. Somebody's in the hospital wing, and they just use spells to remove... Oh, my gosh, it's like a magical waste. catheter. Yeah, exactly. They just use the spell to remove the waste directly from the body. <laughs> the year, like, none what other spell needles. would that be? We don't <laughs> use needles. That's All right, awesome. Zahadoom. Okay, Zahadoom. Um, Aaron, you see. sound so tired. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. I, uh... Best part of this by far for comedy was Jakar and Susan having a discussion about boom. <laughs> As you so eloquently say, boom. boom. <laughs> Where's the captain? I thought he would be here. Oh, something came up. <laughs> there was a boom. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of boom. Big um, boom. Well, I just thought the scene in the um, in the meeting area where he was um, having his screaming match with Delenn Number one was just really awesome because I think it just it brought us up to speed on their relationship because she has been she's hold she's held so much back from him including this and what kills me is there's the there's still something huge that she is I know that she is still at least one thing huge that she is still holding back on I mean there's so they're they're definitely not telling each other everything they know mm-hmm. and that fi- and that hits a lot. so I wonder is yeah. that part of the Mimbari thing like there's the day. In the in the Mimbari dating ritual, where she has to tell him all the things that she hasn't told him before, but that comes after the sleep watching part. Exactly, she tells yeah. him as he sleeps and hopes he doesn't yeah. remember it. In the <laughs> well, they do remember that. They will remember that because of the joke that Lanier hears when Londo is talking to him. That's right. 
How many Centauri does it take to screw in a light bulb? The one thing, too, and this is on the worker's guide, is as John comes up on Delenn in that scene, he walks underneath a banner, which is a halo. So in the episode where he falls and dies, he looks like Christ, because it's it looks like it's not even a halo. It looks no, like the thorn. It looks like it looks like a crown of thorns, and he's well. The other thing, if you listen to the lurker's guide, it says Jakar is Jesus because when she's in the episode with the song, when they say Jesus, it sort of it zooms in on Jakar, and so now that there, the lurker's guide says Jakar is Jesus. It was a theory. It wasn't a very popular theory. It was a theory. People have all sorts of weird theories, like Mm -hmm. Jeff is valid. I love the part where um, we we get the backstory as to what you're right. Death, you're right. Yeah, I'm all right. You sound like, you're like, somebody, somebody sounds like they just ran 20 miles. <laughs> was, was that me? That was you. Sorry. Ooh, yeah, I thought you were dying. Dude, I'm sitting here on the couch. I'm like, oh my god, he's having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Elevate his legs. <laughs> all right, so we have. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron's like, I refuse to laugh. Purple cot. Purple cosh. <laughs> so I say Purple that gosh. about that whole argument, I just write, John and Delenn have a spat. I, I can never trust you again. It was like Seriously. that Seinfeld episode, then they're eating mac and cheese. <laughs> they just need to work through it. Mm-hmm. Odd pacing in this episode we found is John goes oh, to yeah. Zaha Doom. As he arrives, Delenn gets, you've got mail. So as she, <laughs> I am going to Zaha Doom. He sits through the whole staff meeting, he gets the shadow pamphlet, he beats up three of them, he shoots his way out, and he jumps off the roof. And in and this time, the lens at the very mm-hmm. end, so like... Maybe, maybe it was a really long message that he left her. Well, at the end of it, he's like, and finally, I want you to know, I heard what you said when I left, and I'm picturing right before that, finally, he's like, I just wish to read you the Bible. Well, it may be a very long message, because he doesn't think he's ever coming back. Yeah. That's true. So, I'm sure he no, would have said he, all of course, kinds of things. The things were cut. Like, the keys are under the mat. <laughs> the password yeah. to my computer the is four digits of my social security number are. <laughs> I want yeah. you to have my dog. I bet you never knew I had a dog. I don't know. Dylan is like, now, which one is a dog? Is it the thing that goes quack? Yeah. <laughs> 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 No, that's a cat. He crazily deletes Seriously, it seemed like about 35 minutes was missing. All right, so Aaron, P.S., you're new to the series. No, Grey 17 is missing. Grey 17 is missing. What? Okay, now you have Justin and and more than Anna explaining, you know, shadow psychology and and Vorlon psychology. When we walk into that meeting, Sheridan just says, who are you? And everyone's freaking out because that's my question. I loved it. They're like, that's not important. He's like, who are you? That's a very dangerous (laughs) question to ask. We don't. We don't ask that question. I, I'm surprised. That's the borderline question. I'm surprised he didn't ask. What do you want? What do you want? <laughs> Who are you? What do you want? Yeah, what? and I like the old guy, Justin. He just replies essentially, "Who is fate? You know, who's the one who decides that this year short skirts are in, or you know, this or that other thing? And you know, who decides these things? I work for them, same department. I'm with them." <laughs> Same company, different department. It's like, you're just like the Vorlons. I have no idea what the hell is going on here. Yeah. Well, that would be fitting. Purple Kosh. Purple Kosh. Purple Kosh. These, these guys could really be Black Kosh, you know? You don't think there's not Koshes for all colors of the rainbow? 
You think it's like the original MacBooks or whatever collects all five? They came in different colors. No, James Orange said on, on the lurkers, he's like, they get different encounter suits as they get older. Really? Yeah. So it's like he's y- like, it's stupid to think of Orlon only has one encounter suit their whole life. Well, it's not stupid. I That's mean, well, says. why do they need encounter suits? They, especially amongst each other, because they all know what they are, and well, they don't let anybody amongst, else into their space. Among each other, they probably don't. You know. Yeah, but the idea that they get new ones as they get older, why would they need them like, unless they go out into the world? If the Vorlons are fashion conscious about their encounter suits. Yeah, like one of them <laughs> has like a bedazzler and they bedazzle their encounter suit. <laughs> My god, that... Can you put your cosh with a spoil? You broke death row. <laughs> no, be dazzled in counter I'm trying to picture Kosh with a giant spoiler in the back, like one that you see on the Toyota Corolla that's 15 feet too high. One of those things. Kosh with a giant spoiler until Zavalin. <laughs> oh, that's bad. <laughs> or like the puff paint, like the like they decorate their counter suits with the puff paint in sequence. <laughs> Yeah, like bumper stickers on it, honk. <laughs> I break for Centauri. Yeah. <laughs> Can you picture Kosh being vandalized in the hallway as he goes through Jabala? Someone puts like a Barry Goldwater bumper sticker on the back of the encounter. I was going to say something like that political bumper sticker. <laughs> Make love, not war. <laughs> No, actually, the guy who played Kosh was on that on the Babylon podcast, and during uh, I think it was during the 2004 election when I was listening to it, he ran a Kosh for president campaign in the podcast. <laughs> like all the different like bumper stickers they could use and stuff, it was awesome. Dear God, how would you ever know what he was meaning? Well, I'm picturing. Can you, can you imagine Kosh giving the State of the Union address? Yes, and that's yes. basically the whole damn thing. Well, I'm picturing him <laughs> on the Vorlon homeworld, and he's like like Kosh 54 drives by in his new encounter suit, looking good. Kosh, thanks, Kosh. It's like, we are all Kosh. <laughs> Who gets up there and says, the state of the union is a three-edged sword. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's I mean, you have, you have, like, all the, like, the analysts on CNN and Fox News trying to pick apart oh, what Kosh uh. says. <laughs> you know, like, more, President Kosh would be the best thing that has ever happened to the 24-hour news cycle. Fox News, we think there's a recession. MSNBC, we're, we're going to have money forever. <laughs> you hear what you want. No, because there are four lines. You see what you want to see. You see what they want you to see. My God. <laughs> oh, I love it. The state of our economy is cash. <laughs> we are all cash. <laughs> That's oh funny. I still have no That's idea what we're talking about. But like, purple purple cash. What else would we talk about? Uh, we can talk about the homing device that was planted on the Mars shadow ship. We got that in messages from Earth. Earlier mm-hmm. in the se- Doesn't that seem like a lifetime ago? It really does. Uh, messages from Earth, which is pretty bold to track the shadow ship. Very if bold. The shadows didn't notice, or if they did notice, they, they didn't take it off. I'm sure they noticed. Yeah. Well, they noticed because then they think it's a trap. You know, they're tracking you. They're going to follow you. So then when they followed you, then you have them in right where you want them. Did you take that Justin was also on the Icarus? Yes. I presumed as much. That, that's what it seemed. That's what they were. I thought they were implying. I don't know why I got this impression, but I thought he was the captain or something. I thought he was like the leader, some kind of leader. No, he's only one of the people who decided to serve the shadows because 
I don't think he was one of the people but who was know, plugged no, in. Yeah, I thought, no, I thought the leader of the expedition, Anna, said his name was Chang or something. Oh. Right? Oh, that's yeah. right? Doesn't she say his that's name? That's right. Yeah, Dr. Justin. Chang. Well, maybe it's but, Justin Chang. Did Justin not- go to Zaha Doom on... Wait, on the Lurker's Guide, it says, did Justin go to Zaha Doom on the Icarus? And it says, no, he was assigned there later. So where did he come from? <laughs> that's a very good question. He's Bob from Account Temps. He's got a perception filter around. He has a perception filter around him. He's yeah. really a shadow. Yes. I was going to say he was really a shadow. See? Well, he's not a shadow because we saw the shadows and the shadows are shadow. Yeah, and what's the... Well, he has a perception filter. Their name being 10,000 letters long. What and I've that? tried to pronounce it. I'm like, oh, boy. Really? You tried to pronounce a 10,000 letter word? Well, no, I didn't get the sense that he... I feel like we need the Jews in here to talk about unpronounceable stuff. <laughs> Yeah, Ryan, speak some Jewish for us. Go ahead. Sounds like Chinese. That's how I pronounce it. It was hysterical. It's it's all in episode 91 of Potterfic Weekly. Now available on CD. That's a good podcast. It really is. Well, no, because I didn't get the sense that Justin had to cooperate with the Shadows because uh, Anna didn't cooperate with the Shadows, and they just... Well, they stuck her in the ship when she would cooperate, and right. they found her she was, and they threw her out. Yeah, but now she's... Old. Now she's different, though. Up until John blew her up, she was a card-carrying member of the... <laughs> yeah, she was definitely I mean, I got the not the same. Humans for Shadows. <laughs> Justin <laughs> may not have been the same. Morden may not have been the same. Who knows? Oh, I, don't get the- I thought Morden definitely 100% collab- or like, coll- agreed to work for the Shadows. You think? Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, or, well, we don't know. because the they thi- could have made him that way. Because what John know. said was, you know, keep in mind here, John is the only person on the station who has ever known Anna before she went to Zahadoom. And right. he said, it looks like you, it sounds like you, but the personality is completely wrong. Mm-hmm. More than could have been a boy scout before mm-hmm. he went to Zahadoom, yeah, and now this is what... Yeah, that, yeah, that's exactly what I was going I to say. Morden is I... creepy, Do you? and it comes down to, was he that creepy before? Yeah. And you can mm-hmm. even tell, too, when John gets on the White Star, and he sits in the command chair, and they head off, he's like, next stop, Zahadoom, and Anna looks forward, and John just looks over at her, and has this very cold stare, right as the as the White Star leaves Babylon Five. Like he he's he knows exactly what's going to happen. And I thought it was a little weird though that his reasoning for going to Zahadoom was trying to save Centauri Prime. Yeah, I was kind of confused. He was like, yeah. it seemed like he was like that when you said don't go to Centauri Prime, it was a really crappy future. So maybe if I do go to Centauri Prime, it'll be different, and maybe different is better, but. Different might be worse, too. John, John, did you consider that? John has a hairy complex. He wants to save everybody. Yeah, yeah, he does a little bit. You know, he goes with the nukes, so I, I think part of it also is he wants to just blow that planet up. Right. Yeah. He's going to do that. Well, and he totally played them, because they're like, yeah. oh, we hate the Vorlon ship, and he's like, I'll leave it in orbit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love yeah, that. exactly. And they asked, but, I think, JMS, why is there a giant dome over your capital city? How do you think we got all the buildings down there? Had to lower them through some of Yeah, because they literally say that they moved their capital that's underground. Right. Yeah, that's right. And left <laughs> a giant bubble. And you, you have to picture John, too, the day he's having. Not only is he dying, he's blowing up his ex. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, she was already dead to him. But I like the way that he played it, where he wasn't, like, running to her, like, oh my god, Anna, you're alive. Like, he's, he's so much smarter than that. He's like, um, alright, we need to stop and think about this. Yeah, well, he knows where she's been. Right, exactly. Well, and he's that- in shock in the beginning, and I think he's in shock up until the point where she says, we're going to Zaha Doom. And mm-hmm. that's the point where he's like, okay! Yeah. 
he knows something's up. Yeah, that something's <laughs> absolutely up here. And I, I just think that was the moment. Well, in the beginning, it's just complete shock. It's like, uh, my wife is here, my girlfriend's in the bedroom, this is awkward. So Slightly awkward. Mm. Just a little bit. No, honey, what's new? And I love how they had to refilm the scene with her from season two. Which scene? But yeah. In, in Which scene? Two, in season two, um, in John's second episode, where his sister brings the tape of Anna saying that she doesn't. Really- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was originally another actress, and they had to. Refilm oh, I didn't, it I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah they, they refilmed. They had to refilm it with Melissa Gilbert. To be fair, it wasn't all that long of a segment, so. Plus, maybe maybe the videotape made her look different. No, it, it right. was definitely something. What exactly did did Sheridan? ask Garibaldi to do other than he obviously he cleared put, off the white star for them so they could take it no he, he asked him to, to put the new couldn't they have thought of a better cover story than talk about the, it's, it's snowing, snowing in New York, York. and Anna's yeah. like oh good I was hoping it would snow in New York. well it's just a little casual conversation <laughs> that was casual conversation snowing well supposed to be think about it how much news do they actually get from Earth yeah any but why minute. would they care about the weather? I mean, you think you would say something like, you know, the oh, because they the don't get weather in space. They don't get weather. So. Which is why it's strange, I think. Well, it was like he walked up to him as he's leaving, and he's like, the fish fly at midnight. Like, what? Well, I mean, I didn't think it was that awkward. Well, the fish fly at midnight would be a little awkward. Yeah. Yeah. It is the hour of scampering. But <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this. If you were going off with someone and another person came up and started talking about the weather, how suspicious would you really think that was? Uh, space Station 15 light years from Earth when you... But they're talking about it back home. <laughs> what well, he, he should say something... What he no, should that, say that is, like, the maintenance of green floor yeah. is gone well. He you should know? have just said Gray 17 is missing. That worked. And it's like, that's code, isn't it? Or he no, could really, have said Purple Kosh is missing in Gray 17. <laughs> purple Kosh. Something like that. Purple <laughs> Purple Kosh has gone to grade 17. Awesome. <laughs> you hear purple the crow Kosh. flies up in Get me the hell out of here. Oh, wait. It's Kosh. It's he who must not be named. Oh, my God. Can you imagine, in Anna, imagine Kosh, Kosh interacting with the Muppets in grade 17? No, picture he's walking up and he's about to say Kosh. He looks over at Anna. Josh and yeah. Seth are oh coming God, she, for dinner. She, like, winces at the White Star because she's like, oh, this is made of Vorlon technology. It's awful. <laughs> like, she well, of course she's going to have that reaction because yeah. she used to be in a shadow ship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like a Vorlon died in my head and he, like, pokes her. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so what do you think of the uh, shadows coming to Babylon 5. I was wondering why they didn't attack after the nuclear explosion. Yeah, me too. They, they just they make- ran away because they got the, the beck and call back to go home, but they could have just sliced the station apart and left. Maybe that's why, not what they want to do. Why wouldn't they do that, though? I don't know. I th- my... Re- my thought is, kind of like with the Borg, they don't pay attention to you if you're absolutely no threat to them. Without Sheridan, the, the, they see the, the, the force of light in the Rangers is completely... No, no, not at all, because they said, Justin said it himself, if you die, someone's going to step up and take your place. And that could very easily be Susan. It could easily be right, Susan. Or Delenn, but you know? but they yeah. could then but the, the difference being they could then get to Susan or get to Delenn, and they could possibly turn them. Like they wanted John. To- but what they want, yeah, what they want more than to kill everybody is they want 
one of the people, one of the good guys to come over to their side. Right, because if they kill Susan, Delenn will take Susan's place. If they destroy Babylon 5, you know, on Mimbar, something might strike up. They want to control it. I think they knew enough that they could. Le- we can leave and we can come back later if we have to. If we destroy it now, it might create more martyrs than maybe we're prepared to deal with. The thing is, they would have taken they would have taken out most of the people who were inclined to get the other races to work together. Yeah. And the, but the thing is, they didn't leave everyone alone. Say that Mike. again, Mike. They, they took Garibaldi. Mm. Did they grab a pilot? Did they grab Mike? Did they just want to grab somebody? You know what's going on? Yeah. I'm going to say that they intentionally grabbed Mike. Okay. Okay. Noted for the record. And were they acting alone? Why would the shadows randomly take Michael Garibaldi? Because he's the next guy. I mean, like if Susan died, Delenn would stand up. They're removing part of the equation. Maybe he's the only one in a spaceship at the time. Yeah. Delenn was crying on her floor, and Susan was. Up <laughs> yeah, true. Delenn was in her bedroom crying. Mike disappears. Um, Sheridan looks like he dies. It's it's crazy. I really just want to see what happens next. Well, on Sheridan dying, there's a giant pit going miles down in the middle of Zahadoom. Kosh tells him to jump in it. <gasps> what if, what if, what if, what if he lives because the pit is so deep, he just like falls and the bomb doesn't get to him. And there's, like, something down there. Yeah, but he's going to go splat, because unless it's a mattress. <laughs> unless there's a giant trampoline in the bottom. <laughs> he comes, after nuclear winter, he bounces back up. He falls miles. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. To escape. If if that's a, a scenario, thing, he would have to fall a long way to escape a nuclear blast. And that's actually a, a saying JMS loves. If you're in a building and it's on fire, jump out the window. Now you have five more seconds to live to figure out how to solve the next but, dilemma. you know, but Kosh does tell him to jump. Kosh tells so him to jump. So why does Kosh tell him to jump? Yeah, why doesn't he just say, stand here and wait for the explosion? I know. I, I mean, so it does. <laughs> stand. I mean, what was, was going to happen? I mean, they're advancing on him, but there's a nuclear bomb falling. So what were they going to do? Grab him and kill him? Two nuclear bombs. And uh, Sheridan has been called the Star Killer. He has now destroyed the Black Star and the White Star. Just <laughs> and, and blown up Zaha Doom. Or at least that city. Have? At least that city. Jeff. <laughs> what about Jeff? She, Danielle Sinclair said what they called Sinclair, and I'm like, Jeff. Until Za. Until Zaha. All right, now then I'm going to Sheridan. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, the thing I liked about that is that Susan knows that John yeah, is dead. She knows. She's you know light years away, and she just knows that he's gone. And it's the sort of thing that you see other characters say, like when somebody is presumed dead, they're like, "No, he's not dead. I would know it if he were dead, or if she were dead." And in this situation, you actually see somebody come to that realization. Yeah. Why? Which I why like. would we not be a threat? He must be dead. It makes sense at the time. Mm-hmm. And he was told that if he went to Zahadum, he would die. So, and did they, didn't they? Didn't the rest of them know that too? I don't think so. Well, Delenn, no, right? Delenn would have known. Delenn knew. I think Delenn was the one who told him to not go in the alternate in the alternate future. So I think he did tell her. He told her what she told him in the possible future. So well, right. you can just assume if you go to Zahadoom, you're probably going to die. Well, no, because Delenn would know because she said she said that many times. If you go to Zahadoom, you die. That's why we believed Anna was gone. Right. Yeah, but what's the definition of die? <laughs> well, let, let's let me ask. It, it, to, it doesn't it, say when. No, well, in their case, the the people who chose not to serve were just plugged into the ships. They ceased to be themselves. That could be termed yeah. death. That's his death of a sort. To Aaron and P.S., what happened to Sheridan and Zahadun? He died. He died. 
No, P.S., I think you both predicted that he would go to Zahadun. Yeah. Yeah, he, he did go, and he fell 3,000 feet, and like Deathrill said, go splat. There's there's too much pointing towards him going to Zahadun, even though they told him not to. Maybe even because they told him not to. It was it was obvious he was going to do it eventually. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, I, I, it's built up too much that it would be like, okay, you say I shouldn't go to Zahadun, let's not go to Zahadun. So what happens now? What happens season four? They're going to think he's dead. Well, you just said he was dead. Well, there's a difference. It depends on your definition of dead. I mean, he might come back being dead, because that happens sometimes. It does? Spock. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant just, like, really, like, yo, Grandma No, died. not exactly in real life. Uh, Jesus, would you like some more examples, or are the five we've given you enough? Inferny. <laughs> Inferny. <laughs> Inferny. <laughs> Light on fire. I love it. What about about Mr. Morvin? What do you mean? What what about Mr. Morvin? Is he 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 alive or dead? dead? Alive or dead? Hmm. Um, I think it depends on whether he went willingly. Didn't a nuclear bomb fall on him? (laughs) Did he go willingly? Oh, you mean then? I think he's probably dead. Anna is definitely dead. Judging by her scream at the end. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she was she was very much a one episode kind of thing. Now she does Um, her hair commercials for Wenshu. Does she really? Yeah. Whatever Danielle just said, I can't hear her. Oh, yeah. Does, no, she just does those when shampoo commercials. She does infomercials now. Oh. Yeah. I haven't watched a lot of infomercials. Is it an infomercial or just it's a commercial? An info- no, it's an infomercial. Oh, it's an infomercial? Yeah. Oh, God. But when she falls, she falls. Ha, 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 ha. And then... Well, we have Jakar's awesome monologue at the end. <laughs> yes. I love awesome Now that's monologue. how you monologue. Yeah, Jakar, Jakar can can monologue up a storm. She's yeah. glaring at me as she's. Well, the thing is, he pauses and takes breaths. Ryan yeah. doesn't do that. No, <laughs> no he doesn't. Like, why is anyone the episode today where he's on Jakar jet fuel? And he says things that are very profound, Jakar. I mean, oh, thank yeah. God that for a second I thought. Unlike no. Ryan. <laughs> Go the hell. <laughs> Merry Christmas. The future is always born in pain. pain. Which actually goes back to the shadows and their support of Darwinism. Yeah. Conflict, strife, you know, some Strong. die, but those who are left become stronger. Yeah. Well, I love you because I'll always remember when we covered Coven of Echoes on Pyrofic Weekly. Keza pulled me aside at the end. I loved it. I got the whole thing, but what the hell? Keza is like, I loved the episode. Do you have any questions? Yeah, just one. What was up with the whole shadow thing? What were they? <laughs> I love this show. No, you don't. I know. <laughs> And 2260 is over. P.S. You have to watch something else. I'm sorry. Earlier, you're like, I'm not wasting my Netflix spots on No, no. What I mean there is that if it's available to watch on the phone, I'm not going to take up on the phone. On the iPhone. Then you yell at people who call you, I'm watching TV. Well, yeah, because I just find I it funny that we're thing. watching on a phone. Yeah, well, how dare I'm, you call me? I'm watching. TV. Well, then I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, you know, no wonder she didn't know that Michael got captured because she probably couldn't see the little star fury in the ship. It's yeah, crazy. that may be it. <laughs> Even though they look right at the camera and they say Michael is missing. Shut up. All right. yeah, it's real it was, easy to miss that not, sort of stuff. It was not a good day for Ivanova. She no. had a rough day. Oh, that, I felt she had a very rough day. You feel, you feel bad for Ivanova. I kind of feel bad for John and Mike who. We both, who respectively have fallen into a fiery pit and been captured by the enemy. Yeah, but it's yeah. hard to be the one person left behind. Susan's lonely. So She's got Marcus. Susan has Marcus. She won't be lonely. Woman. Danielle has had a picture. Used to have a picture of Marcus in her bedroom. Did you have a picture of me in your bedroom? Yeah. A little one. Yeah. A little, little tiny one. Marcus at the shrine. 
Marcus is awesome. Marcus is attractive. I don't know if it's happened yet. I actually don't think so, but I love the episode where he sings, I am the oh, very I love that. Water major general. <laughs> yes. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's no spoiler at all, but he sings, yes. Yeah, it's coming up very shortly. I can't wait. All right, so uh, final thoughts. Uh, Aaron, P.S., what do you think? Aaron's, on beautiful- Aaron's discovered he could be on this beautiful, beautiful iPad and make <laughs> typing noises. <laughs> Tell um, me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, yes. Uh, I really enjoyed season three. I thought it really stepped up the, the series a, a notch, and it, you learn a lot of back backstory, which I always enjoy. And it ends on a pretty amazing cliffhanger, um, which can always be fun if it's resolved properly. Mm-hmm. And I look forward now to being able to finally, after a month of sitting on my butt not watching Babylon 5, being able to go back in and watch some more. So The title of an upcoming episode is a favorite of mine. It's Whatever Happened to Mr. Garibald. Oh, yep. he better not be dead. We'll see. We'll just have to watch and you'll have to podcast with us. Yeah, season three, I've said this is the only season of the show that, you know, season one, they were trying to figure out what the hell the show was. Season two, you know, new captain, you know, all these production changes season four wrap up the whole show add season five into it season five you know attack a year onto the show everything you know real life gone the way except for season three season three was the middle of the series if they got canceled that was it they weren't going to finish the show and they told it the way they wanted wanted to tell it i think it's the strongest season of the show it was a really really good arc i enjoyed everything in it uh we wrapped up a lot of loose ends from the previous seasons in episodes like war without end aaron i'm sorry i'm boring you and (laughs) You know, there's a lot of really, really good stuff in here. And there's, you know, there's arc episodes and there's more standalone episodes. Like A Late Delivery from Avalon is still one of my favorite episodes. I love that episode. It's a great episode, yeah. And they made a most satisfying thump when they hit the ground. (laughs) Um, I don't believe Danielle agreed with you. She just made like a nasty face when you said Late Delivery from Avalon. That wasn't favorite. Well, it's not one of my favorites. Mar- yeah. Margus was not in bad, it. Not bad, but it's just not uh, one of my favorites. Uh, well, what do you think after having? My favorite is probably The Rock Cry Don't Know Hiding Place. Mm, also a very, very good one. That's a good one. I don't know. I was pretty impartial as I do. I love those kinds of episodes, those big event episodes mm-hmm. where you you know things have been building for a while and you finally get to you know hear an actual truth as opposed to a half-truth. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of truths, I like the bit where they finally dis- – it's been hinted at before, but the Vorlons created telepaths. Yes. Yes. For all yep. the other races. Yeah. We haven't talked about that at all, and I know PS doesn't care because she doesn't like the telepath plot lines, but I think it's – Well, I'm glad really- that they explained it instead of just saying that it just happened. Well, no, I mean, they've hinted enough. I mean, the fact that – Well, and they – and yeah, the Vorlons messed around with us a lot. I mean, they also created the kind of worship of them. Through, yeah. It's in our genetic code to see them as, as these ethereal beings – and that's really kind of messed up if you think about it. Yeah, and the fact that Jack the Ripper was at Earth in the 18th century, the 19th century, or mm-hmm. why he was taken by the Vorlons from that. Why were the Vorlons there? I'm opposed to anything that involves Jack the Ripper. Well, no, but you can't say, I, I ignored these episodes and now the plot makes no sense. I mean, that, was, that there was layering throughout the entire <laughs> Yeah, we, we discovered that in season two. You can't ignore episodes and expect to understand the show. <laughs> And then they also said that um, the shadows found a way to fight back, and that they made sure the Psychor was on their side. Right. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah. You know, so you have that too. So you see that connection. Why you see Mister Moore than at Psychor headquarters? Right. The fact that yep. they were practically <clears throat> born together. Okay, back. that makes sense. That's not something that I had picked up on. And then it becomes all the more important that you have rogue telepaths that will not yeah. the Psychor right. because if you didn't have them, then we don't yeah, have the Psychor can just get rid of them because they don't right. care about them. Right. And then you have Bester, who is Psychor. Who is loyal Psychor turning against 
essentially the shadows because the shadows want to use his his telepaths because they want to then put the telepaths in the shadow ships to To counteract the rogue telepaths telepaths trying to fight them so it becomes this prophecy where the people that you put in there to take over actually turn against you because you're pushing them too hard so it's really it's political (laughs) and everyone's turning against everyone uh, turning against everyone else and it's it's just such a really solid point and the thing I love about that is that I I just I can you can not like Bester for whatever reason I just really get behind him because he he's looking out for his people he he doesn't care at all about mundanes he doesn't really regard them as proper humans as such but he'll do anything for his telepaths anything he'll kill he'll steal he'll and he might even do a few good things along the way you know (laughs) if only by accident (laughs) yeah um you know but he any anyone who wants to fight this war he's on board now because he's he's a great character he really is and it's great it's really great to see walter koenig um you know spread his wings a little bit with this character yeah Yeah. and go ahead I was gonna say because Chekhov doesn't really have no, I mean, anything. You hear him say "nuclear whistle" one more time, and it's like, oh my gosh, come on! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, I actually love that part of. <laughs> but he's so good as Bester. He's one of those characters that the number of episodes he's in is very limited, but it almost well, seems like he's in like all the time because his cute. presence is so big when he's on it. Right. And they give him mention in episodes that yes. he's not in, so which helps like, make him part of the story. There. Yeah, and I just I, I really enjoy the sheer emotion that he gets when he's talking about his lover, yes. and he's talking about this battle and this big war now, and you know the shadows have crossed one of his lines, and he is going to destroy. It's like Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder. He is going to dis- annihilate you. He's going to destroy you. I will fuck you up. <laughs> oh, and there was actually a moment you could see there too when Franklin was in med lab. You could see he had Carolyn's. Um, yes. Girlfriend yes. Carolyn's cat scan because or whatever. Then you had, Anna's. The, Anna's, yep. and you could tell the the things that are in her brain came out the back, and that's exactly what the scarring was on Anna when you murdered. I would just like together. to point out that when he does the overlay, it's not the same shape of the head, and I liked that detail. They have exactly the same skull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It, small thing, but I just really, really appreciated that moment. Exactly. Like in my case, that because I have a fifty-pound pumpkin head, that was. <laughs> So when are we going back to F1? If I can get my head in the thing. <laughs> uh, hopefully, the helmet. You're well cushioned enough as it is. Hopefully, there won't be a spill on the track. And <laughs> not. I'm driving so slow. I don't think it's possible for me to flip it. God. Hey, if Leo didn't flip it, I think we're safe. Leo's like, <laughs> he was the only one of wow. the big group of us to complete. All 15 laps. No, he, no, he was in first place. Of course. No, no, no. But not even the other people we were with yeah, completed yeah. 15 laps. That's true. Yeah. So he's just a maniac. That's the moral. Yes. <laughs> if you met Leo, you know that's absolutely. Well, accurate. you know his favorite game is beat the GPS. It is. It yeah. is. Really? He makes it to my house in 12 minutes. He lives in That's a great game. I love that game. <laughs> the, the, seriously, I love that game. <laughs> my GPS unfortunately updates d- depending on how fast you're going. Oh, yeah. No fun. P.S. is like, I was supposed to be home. I'm in Montreal. I'm not going to beat my GPS. Turn around. And, Wait a minute. Don't you have a GPS, P.S.? Yes. Yeah, that's, well, that's, that's confusing GPS. How did you end up in GPS. Montreal? That was a different one. It was a different GPS? Is that a P.S. GPS? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Wow. How did you get to Montreal? I'm so for, confused. You were we aiming don't. for Baltimore and you ended up in Montreal. Why did your GPS not turn you around? It, you have to turn it on. 
Wait, oh, does yours? She didn't have it on. That would be the. Yeah, I mean, does yours tell you where to go even if you don't use it? No, but you didn't think that it was on and it was taking. I mean, isn't that a route that you took frequently to go home and back to school? It was just a mistake. She went north. She should have went south. I know, but didn't you notice when you drove through Vermont that something was wrong? Shut up. <laughs> that would be a no. Oh, no, you drove through upstate New York. You drove through upstate New York. Yeah, it was how do you live in much, upstate New York? Too much New York. All right, I'm not asking how you got into upstate New York. All right, so uh, that's season three of Babylon 5, and we'll be back. This is episode 45 of the Poof Exchange. This is episode 45 of the Poof Exchange. I'm Thank Ryan. You, yes. <laughs> I'm Ryan. <laughs> so now you take that and you put it in the beginning. For, no, for November 24th. 2012, this is episode <laughs> 45. <laughs> My gosh, we should, every episode, we should like try to guess what the guess date will come out. I'm going to guess, I'm actually going to guess April. I was going to say April 15th, tax day. Is that a, yeah, I can They update each tax day. Alright, so you're saying April 15th, you're saying November 24th, 2012. <laughs> That was that was joking. Uh, Hold on, wait a minute. If it's when's the day the world ends, the Mayan calendar? May something, two thousand twelve, I think. No, is it is it December twenty first? I don't know. That is the dumbest thing ever. That's just when the calendar ends. That's like saying the world will end on December thirty first. You know what's gonna kill me if I do all my Christmas shopping and then the world ends? Well, I think that would kill everybody. Actually, I give good gifts. Don't I give good gifts? (laughs) Nobody would be around to complain, so it's all right. So with that, we are the Puffo Exchange, and we'll see you back next time. Good night. Night. Good evening. Bye. Bye.